When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. After a serious car accident, people have two questions. Why me and what now? Well, no one knows why you, but I'm Terry Crouppen, and my law firm, Brown & Crouppen, sure can help with the what now. Car repairs, medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. We're Brown & Crouppen, and we've got all those answers. All you have to do is call. 222-2222. Rise and shine, St. Louis. It's the Brown and Crouppen Morning After on KPN-TFM HD2, Collinsville, St. Louis. At the Morning After STL on YouTube and on TMASTL.com with Tim McKernan, Doug Vaughn, Iggy Strode, The Plowboy, and Action Jackson. 707 in St. Louis, you're listening to TMA. It's presented to you by Brown and Crouppen, Timothy Michael McKernan, Douglas Elvin, Vaughn, Kenneth Iggy Strode, The Plow, and Action Jackson with you here on the radio program, or is it a podcast, Doug? Well, it, it feels like a radio show, but people keep telling me it's a podcast. Which is it? Can it be both? I, think I suppose it can. Is it a YouTube show? Boy. Jackson, is it, what is it? Because Jackson's, Jackson's 25, he's got a full head of hair, and a thick, thick, girthy member. Oh! The cool thing is about what we do, and especially kind of the way media is going, is you're not just one thing. You might be a radio show that kind of plays like a podcast and is available in podcast form, but of course it's also on YouTube. So you really can't pigeonhole yourself into one category. We're three-tiered, Doug. That's except Plowhawks, right? Triple tier is what they okay. call it. Okay, I yeah. guess that's a good thing. It wasn't that long ago that you either heard you on the show or you didn't. You missed it. Yeah. You couldn't download the show and listen to it afterwards. There's no I apps. exactly when that changed. It was just broadcast, and off it would go there towards it goes. Saturn. There it goes. That's a yeah. Saturn. It went to Saturn, mm -hmm. actually. That's where the archives are. Right. That's where our towers are. Towers are in Saturn. It takes a while to get there. But. No cloud where you could go find it in the air. Go. Well, the sound would, would keep going off into space. The signal would. Yeah. What did I miss from the show? I don't know. You're not going to know because you didn't yeah. listen. Get, so, get yourself to Saturn. Listen. Can't text in and find out either. It's cold on Saturn. Aaron? Oh, sure. Farther away from the sun. I'm sure it's freezing. So says you. Well, I'm sure we'll send a ship up there and see if we can live up there. Well, we've sent spaceships around to photograph it. Voyager 1, Voyager 2. I believe so, yeah. Cute. Money well, well spent. Oh, now come on. Uh-oh, Doug. Here we go again. Special pepper and genie today. Oh. Space. Lost Frontier, why waste money? Oh. Is it called The Lost Frontier? I don't think it is. <laughs> it's The Last Frontier. I thought I that guess... was Alaska. Well, in, in the United States it would be. Space would be the, the final frontier. There we go. Now I think we got it. Okay. All right. Well, I guess if you're a renter, you don't worry about space. You just worry about Section 8 paying your rent, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. You can text in your thoughts. Jeff Lotman, Compass Realty, text inbox, 
J-E-F-F-L-O-T-T-M-A-N-N.com. Yeah. Looking to buy a home? Looking to sell your home? Work with Jeff Lottman of Compass Realty. Support the sponsors. Otherwise, this show will go the way of Voyager 1, Voyager 2. Yeah, did it ever come back? I suppose they don't ever come back, right? Uh, I think it uh, is arriving this afternoon. I think probably at some point they run out of fuel. And I think just, Lambert's gone. I think landing at Lambert. They won't be landing at Lambert. So, yeah, East Terminal. I think it's up there with the rest of that debris flying around up there. Well, it it would just be one small spaceship in an almost limitless universe. I don't think anything's going to run into it. The number to text in is 314-881-TMA5. Call in 636-9004-TMA. And, uh, of course, email in for our Design Air heating and cooling email the day, the morning after at InsideSTL.com. Design Air is online at DesignAirService.com. Doug, uh, let me tell you something. Uh, this, uh, this Seth Goldcamp, uh, maybe he's going to start switching to uh, air conditioning because it's 61 degrees on Thursday, 58 degrees on Friday, 57 degrees on Saturday's been. Go down to 50 and 47 on Sunday and Monday, and then 56, uh, 51 on Tuesday, 56 on Wednesday, 58 on Thursday. Springtime is here. Sundresses are out. The boys are hitting balls down at Augusta National, yeah. getting ready for the NCAA okay. tournament, and a bunch of Italian Americans, no. and then the Cardinals come in. I think it's just fabulous. I keep thinking about what is so bad with global warming. Think of all the fossil fuel we haven't used to heat our homes. Think of all the space heaters that have not caused fires and killed people. Of all the icy car wrecks that haven't happened, the people dropping dead from heart attacks, shoveling snow. Crops grow better if the weather's warmer. What is so wrong about nice weather? What? I love the poorly educated. <laughs> we, were t- we were told there would be floods along the coastlines. There haven't been. We've had hurricanes, tornadoes, sure. We've always had hurricanes and tornadoes. I'm in favor of global warming. It's a pro-global Where are the hot team. mitts? Uh, EDF sponsors those, as a matter of fact. Thank you, EDF. I'm going to put them on right now for my own hot take. It wasn't, no, a, it wasn't a hot caps. take. What about the polar ice caps? What about the places where we live? Aren't they more comfortable now? Aren't they more livable? Safer? That has nothing to do with global warming. What doesn't? Global warming has nothing to do with temperatures being 10 degrees above normal. What does it have to do with then? It has to do with, as Plowsy said, the ice caps melt there you go. a little bit every 500 years. Okay. How's that hurting you? It's not hurting me. Okay. Then what are you complaining about? It has nothing to do with the temperature. Then what are you complaining about? I'm not complaining. You're the one that said, I don't love this global warming. <laughs> right, 60 I do. degrees. Yeah, I like it. Well, it has nothing to do with the temperature. Well, sure it does. No, it doesn't. Hot takes. Warming doesn't have to do with getting warmer? No, it has to do with the ice caps. And why are the ice caps melt melting? A thousand years from now when it could flood New York. Why are the ice caps melting? Well, because of global warming. <laughs> All right, But it has nothing warmer. to do with the temperature. Of course it does. Oh, God. Oh, look at that. <laughs> look at this. Look at that. We'll too early for this. I had some PGA takes. I'm just saying it's much better. We're much better off if it's warmer in the winter here. Sure it is. It just has to do with high-pressure systems. Okay, and warmer temperatures. Was it the Albuquerque front? I think we didn't we just have the warmest uh, uh, decade in, on record? I couldn't imagine it being any warmer in December. And how do we have a couple of days where it was a wind chill of 30 below zero? What happened we, there? We had that, too. Yeah, where's the global warming there? Well, Just we're talking passed about, by and came back? 
No, we're talking about an average. We're not talking about every day. You don't take a, a tiny sample. You take a large sample. Just, it, it seems very beneficial to me, right now, anyway. Well, you still need Seth because it's going to be chilly at some point. But yeah, no. he's online at designerservice.com. Okay. Well, we're almost through the February. We'll be through February, midway through February by the time we see another 40, 30. Oh, come on. Well, We're not even out of January yet. Well, tomorrow's February 1st. Tim just gave 10 days in advance. So it'll be like February 11th, and it's still 40-ish. Uh, well, I hope Sundress so. season. I hope so. Oh, yeah. Shrubs grinding on shrubs, bro. No, I don't know about Ooh, that. Friction. Yeah, it's friction season. Cross Welcome to it. It's Mugging Ass St. Louis Acura, Mugging Ass Burkhardt, Alton Toyota, 7 o'clock hour. Friends of the Feather gathering around the hearth and listening to this YouTube show? <sighs> it's a science show as much as anything. I agree. We break down atmospheric conditions. And we also uh, read your texts of uh, enthusiastic support mm -hmm. uh, via 314-881-TMA5. What time does Tim get to talk? That's from oh. the bastard James Hahn. Climate change is making Doug's takes hotter. That's from the mm -hmm. 314. Well, they need to be hotter. Doug's hot's her take. Iggy, shut up and let Tim talk. Mm -hmm. Doug hot's her take. We were both take. talking about the same thing. Yes. I got to clip it Doug's off Doug's hot's her take. <laughs> I wish I could cut it like right now. I know, me too. I'm writing down the time. What prevents you from doing so? Let's stop the recording. Of the what program. are you cutting off? What? What, what was said? You, you said, said his hot's were takes. You said Doug's hot's were takes. <laughs> Dialectic. That was a bit. <laughs> you think that was a like sketch? That last one, the dialogue. So? No. <laughs> that, that was a. No, that, man, was, that was an insta. That was telegraphed. That was picked off in the passing no, line. No, that is a word I have trouble with. Dialectics. That's not it. Try it again. <laughs> picked Del off in the passing line. <laughs> yeah, I saw it coming. Try it again. Dialectic? No, no, no. Well, then I don't know how to say it. Okay. Dis. Dyslexic. Dyslexic. Okay. There you go. Well, maybe I'm that. Doug's okay. hot. So yeah, I'm, I'm great. <laughs> Back to you, Tim. Okay. Here's Ali Marmol on Show and Go, which is Xavier Scruggs. Is it a radio show or a YouTube podcast with MLB Network on the pressure he feels and how it motivates him for this okay. upcoming Jim Dandy of a season? We all handle and have to deal with pressure. It fuels me. Mm. Um I don't think I would wake up to do the job if the expectations weren't extremely high. Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't interest me yeah. anymore. Um, so when the stakes are high, especially in St. Louis, you're expected to win every game, mm -hmm. every year. Yeah. That's what wakes you up in the morning. When you talk about the great players, like, they like that pressure. They want the game on the line. They want that situation. Um, so for me, like, I enjoy the pressure. I, mm -hmm. I do. Um, is there times where I think – we could get into this, but there's a difference between pressure and criticism, and we can talk about the two and how yeah. they're different. But the pressure and the expectations being high in St. Louis is what wakes me up in the morning mm -hmm. and gets me going. If if the expectation wasn't to win, I'm not sure I would do it. Well, I don't get it. Is that, is that the definition of word salad? I think so, yeah. It didn't. He managed to get through the season okay without winning. Trust me, if he was fired and the Kansas City Royals called him, he would take the job. Yeah, I think so. we were 20 games out, and you waking up every day, right? Pretty I much. I thought he woke up that we one all time you yelled at Tyler O'Neill in March. Yeah. That was fun. Told Wilson Contreras he couldn't catch. <laughs> I didn't know. A month he... into the season. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. 
I don't know how you could have done a a, worse a, a job. poorer job yeah. at managing a team than that. I think I'm with you. I think last year we haven't witnessed that in a, a very long time. I, I could see how some veteran who'd been around a while and had a track record of success might survive a season like that. But somebody without that track record of much success Ooh. or without playing experience or without much of anything else to make you think he was management timber, how he could survive that season. I don't, I don't know. See, that would have been my follow-up question. I know you don't want to put the guy on the spot, but when he says, I wouldn't wake up in the morning if I didn't think I could compete or whatever he said. The expectations weren't there. I don't think I could wake up and do it in the morning. I would have said, all right, well, if you got fired next year and the Royals called you, would you take the job? Yeah, well, who wouldn't? Yeah. Well, according to him, he'd say no. Tough loss today, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't get up in the morning if there was no expectations there. The jobs pay millions for 10 months of work. Anyone would take it. I haven't heard him talk that much. I just don't watch the games. So I don't watch pre and post. But... Yeah. It's been a slow day on MLB Network. Well, he also had this with regard to... Uh, pushing back the teams run by analytics. We all handle and have to deal with pressure. It fuels me. That um, sounds like the same soundbite. I don't think. I'll... Dude, it, it literally. Get us a on, different soundbite. On the analytic one. That... People like saying, "Oh, I hate analytics," or "Old school versus new school." Mm -hmm. it, it's neither. It's man, like you're using a ton of information to help you make decisions that are sustainable over time. Right. And when you look at the game, you have to remember you're dealing with humans that have a heartbeat, that experience pressure and anxiety, and some handle the moment a certain way, some don't. Mm -hmm. So it's great to have this information, you use it, right. but at the same time, all you're doing is applying it to what you know and your eyes see mm -hmm. and your gut tells you. So when it comes down to it, yeah, I want as much information as possible. I want to be able to process it, figure out what works, what doesn't, what I like using, what I don't like using. Um, but then you let your eyes see the game and, and you know the personality of the player and you know how they can handle certain things in certain situations. Right. So, um, yeah, you're not letting... A, the numbers just run the game. And I think that's right. a perception that's out there. We're yeah. like, oh, the front offices are running the game. Yeah, that, that um, is the perception. That I, I can there. tell you right now, I've yet to have one person from our front office come down and tell me what I should have done in a game or how to run the next game or quite, like that's not how we operate. Right. I can tell you that in St. Louis. Right. Who did the interview? <clears throat> Who did the interview? Xavier Scruggs. Xavier Scruggs. He used to love Xavier Scruggs. He did a lot of... His hots are take. He did a lot of... Mm, yeah. He did. It yeah. was very mm, sexual. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm. I didn't know he had a podcast. Sexual. He did, he's done... I've, I've actually watched... He, him and Gary Sheffield are like breaking down hitting stances and, and technique. And it was pretty fascinating. I like, I like that a younger guy, fresh out of baseball, with a younger perspective as a platform like this. He played for the Cardinals briefly, I think. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Mm -hmm. He did. Going back 10, 15 years old. He probably knew Marmol pretty well in the organization, I'd have to bet. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, it's hard, you, hard to argue with the first part of what he said about I agree. taking all the information in and not just going solely on analytics. And humans are humans, and, you know, just because he is mm -hmm. great in this spot doesn't mean every time he's going to get a hit or he's right. going to knock in a run. I, I, I get where you're coming from there. 
It is hard to believe the last part where the front office doesn't tell him what to do. That part I find kind of hard to believe. I think the fact that he brought that up is a reason for me to believe that it mm-hmm. actually does happen there. So he's trying yeah. to, like, really brush it off. and because Nobody's outspoken in saying that Moselock calling him on the bullpen on the phone and going, hey, the analytics say you need to bat this guy. Nobody's saying that. But you would expect him at some point to discuss moves made during the game. When you're 20 why, games why'd down. Why'd you do this? And, well, almost every game you think they'd get together and say, why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? I, I wouldn't find fault in that. I would expect that to be happening every game. It's just, as you said, it's the minute-by-minute, move-by-move that you wonder who's calling the shots. Yeah, he probably pitch hitting his own players. He's probably not getting a call from DeWitt the third or probably not. Moselock going, Ugh. I don't like this. I see him in it. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think that that's happening. I don't no, think. But I think he has the job because he does what he's told to do. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. I suppose there wouldn't be a lot of managers that could keep their job if they didn't do what they were told to do. <laughs> There's a few that have that kind of equity, that Bruce Bochy and Dusty Baker and that type probably pretty much do what they want to do. But I think the, the new wave, the new school guys probably is – very much in contact with the front office people all the time, I would think. Yeah, <clears throat> that's why the last three managers are never had managerial experience before because they're going to do what they're told to do, and I think that's why Matheny kind of got on the outs. But I guarantee you nobody ever told LaRusso what to do. I wouldn't think so. No. I'd be shocked. <laughs> LaRusso would be the one you would think is telling someone else what to do, having been there and done that and seen everything there is to see. When they do change managers, obviously it may be next year, maybe the year after. That's the type that they need. A younger version of a La Russa outside the organization. A little bit prickly. Oh. You know, defend himself. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that'll be uh, interesting to see. Marmol just kind of riding this script out. You like a prickly skipper? I do. Somebody get kicked out every now and then. Maybe not call out the player in game three, but. Yeah. You like a Lou Pinella type? He's a little Kick bit. some dirt and throw the bases if he has He's to. a little bit too much. Even yeah. a Bobby Cox a little too much. <laughs> well, Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Burkhardt Alton Toyota presenting sponsor of our 7 o'clock hour here on TMA. Online at stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com. Work with Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, Peter Munganass, and Ryan Seiberg in the service department. And you can use a special secret number to work with them at 314 252 You can call it or text it and go straight to the people in charge with any questions, comments, or requests you may have. It's stlouisacura.com, it's altontoyota.com, it's Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Munganass Burkhardt, Alton Toyota. Jackson, tell the people about Circa. I'd be more than happy to, Tim. Everyone likes uh, playing those big game squares. You know, the big game comes around, you want to start playing some squares. Well, I got a place to go for you, and that's Circa Sports app. Everyone who has played squares knows the pain of pulling terrible numbers. With Circa Squares, instead of randomly pulling numbers, choose your square and choose the numbers you get with a minimum bet of $1 and a max payout of $100,000. It's easier than ever. Download the Circa Sports app and place your Circa Square bets anywhere in Illinois. For more information, visit CircaSports.com. There it is. Circa Sports, sponsor of the morning after. Coming up on the program, the great Ed Herman will be in studio, Doug. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, Ed Herman will be in studio around 8 o'clock here on the program. Ed Herman from 
Brown and Crouppen. We have the design air heating and cooling email of the day at 945. Jackson and I will deal with it down the hallway. It will be fine. It will get be through fine. it? Mm-hmm. Just, it's just an hour. Uh, Jackson, uh, Doug wants to know what you have prepared uh, on our uh, banquet table today. What do you got? What do you have? Well, it's Tuesday, Doug, and that means we're going to be doing some uh, some Tuesday things. Oh, for heaven's Doug, sake! You sounds, got nothing. Sounds like a problem. Tuesday never turbulence. Heard last I think actually it might be. No, it's, I think it's Thursday. Is it Tuesday turbulence? Tuesday has been turbulence before. <laughs> Usually Thursday is a thoroughfare. That's right. Yeah. Um, but the preparation for the preparation still needs to be prepared. If you know what I'm saying. So you're still trying to. I, I go by a three. It's a it's a three P. It's a three P approach. Prep for the prep for the prep. Oh, I like that. Oh. Yeah, and so I still need to finish phases one and two. Which is to start. I mean, phase one would be to start thinking of something. Those are your ones. I'm always thinking. Like stage one is always happening. Stage two is the execution. Stage three is the finishing. What is there to talk about after what happened last night? Um, Jared Vanderbilt getting kicked out of the game. What's up, Dylan Brooks? Blues play. It'll fill an hour. They play the night. They take on now. CBJ. I can preview that. You can preview Pebble Beach. I can preview the Blues. Wonder what the starting lineup will be tonight. (laughs) Well, Doug, you'd have to think Binner's back in net, and then they'll have a few days off. Fun to see. Yeah. I don't, do you start Thomas or do you have, put him in the second line? I, I don't know. I mean, he's the first guy's going to be out there 30 seconds. Hey, you're wasted. Just save it. Yeah, phase two is working already. Oh, yeah. okay. It's fun to watch it happen. We don't want to steal your show. I actually have one here, and I, uh, and I'm, I, I, it should be something that, that would activate the audience. But now because I said it should activate the audience, then people will intentionally not be activated just to resist. But uh, a question on QFTA was posed, and I enjoyed the question, Doug, uh, asking over the course of, I think it was over the course of the show, maybe it was just over the course of life, a perspective slash opinion you felt strongly about, but then somebody presented different information or an opinion that made you reconsider and then you changed your opinion. And... I was thinking over the course of the show, I have to have a bunch of those. I have to, just because when you're talking for 20 years for at least three hours a day, mm-hmm. and now it's more, that inevitably that happens. The one that I that I came to the conclusion of, and, uh, and I welcome people to email in, tmckernan at insidestl.com for QFTA, but I wanted to get it on this show because uh, then that would include everybody on the program and not just my uh, time and my opinions. Uh, so you can text in 314-881-TMA5 was the importance of downtown St. Louis and my opinion on that has changed Um, downtowns in general not specific to downtown St. Louis but that one has changed when I started the show I was passionate about it lived there not when I started but in 2009, 10, 11 and part of 12 but uh, I don't don't think that that's a necessity anymore but there's got to be other ones and I'm not necessarily talking about like hey, I thought the Cardinals were going to be good this year, and then they were bad, because that can be just throwing darts. I'm talking about, like, a passionate opinion. And I don't know. And, and so some, the one email that, that I thought was on target was about the downtown thing, but I actually mentioned that while we were doing the podcast yesterday. Does anything stand out for anybody on the dais or anyone in the audience? Anything. Nurse. No, I mean, but that's a, that's a good one. Because I thought that, too. I oh, you did, that, too? I kind of thought downtown was vital to the area and the, the centerpiece of St. Louis. 
But as we've seen, that the, the city is all but dead now, except for some baseball and hockey games. And our lives haven't really changed. The county's fine. The surrounding counties are thriving. I don't think you might change your mind on that. I think the city did that for you. Well, but we first feared that, uh-oh, the whole region is going to die if downtown dies, and that, that hasn't happened. Hmm. I would say, just off the top of my head, when I would really go off on uh, Riggs and their podcast... The foreplay, the foreplay podcast, podcast from Barstool. Yeah, just saying they're just a bunch of fanboys just grabbing butts of players and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then when Riggs came in and told me what they do, he says, you know, hey, it's it's we're different. We're young. We're not old school guys. We're out there. We're having fun. We really enjoy being around players. Yeah, we get a little giggy, in time, giggity at times. And- <laughs> giggity? <laughs> what kind of word is that? It's a masturbatorial one. Quagmire. Um, and uh, he kind of changed my mind. I said, okay, I kind of get it that, that, you know, you guys aren't trying to show off and, hey, look at us. We're out at a golf tournament. You guys really are happy that you're there and you're, you know, having fun and you're the new breed. And so he kind of changed my mind on the podcast and the guys on it and what they're trying to do. Okay. It's only drink. I, think of. Mm. <laughs> I was wrong on drink. Oh, I, I thought you said one. Frank. Oh. And I'm no, like, what's, no. Frank, what's Frank got to do with anything? No, I love Frank. Yeah, I trash Drinkwitz, but I also, you know, I, I've eaten crow and have admitted to that mistake. You know, that that that's not done yet either. You never know what's going to happen with his tenure in Missouri, but I it's, thought it'd be a train wreck the entire time. And see, I don't think that's changing your mind. I think you thought they were going to have a bad year, and he didn't have a bad year, so. Well, no, I thought they would have a good year. Plowhawk Jackson and I were bullish on the Fighting Tigers. I thought when he first got hired, no, I thought it was Plowsy. a joke. They yeah, changed he, my it mind. It wasn't about a bad year. I, I don't know. But that's no, Plazzi thought they would. You thought they were going to be, you were super high on them. Yeah, I said 10 wins, that that being one of them being a bowl game win. So I was right on that. My point was, like, when he was first hired, I thought it was a joke. It felt like it was, like, the board of curators who they, they denied one hire, so this is, like, the backup hire. It kind of just seemed like he wasn't going to be a two-year fill-in and then just get fired for somebody else. Like everybody they completely that turned it around. Blake Anderson, Doug. Blake that was the Anderson, gentleman they were hiring. Oh. After he went five and six, a, five and six, and six and seven. Now at like Utah State. Uh, people were texting in Plowick about the Bill Russell take. Oh. I'm standing by that. Oh, come oh, on. One of the great players of all time. Okay, in an eight-team league. <laughs> so what? That meant Next. it was harder to make it. Next. Bill it was, Russell is still and still overrated to th- this Then day. are you saying Gordy Howe was no good because it was a six-team league for much of his career? I'm sorry, I didn't follow 50s hockey. Um, but you, I, well, I just, I just, I don't have enough information on Gordy Howe. I know he played till he was like 55 or 60. Almost. He and Bill Russell played a lot of time during the same era. Yeah, I've seen Billy Boy play against some balding plumbers. I, I oh, like, balding plumbers. What, like Bob Pettit? He was balding. You call him a plumber? No, he He's was the greatest fantastic. player of his era. He was fantastic. Plum. I'm not dissing Bob Pettit. Oh, don't you dare. I won't. This big blue. Now, this is interesting. I used to think I was completely straight, but then I met Doug at a TMA Live. <laughs> you know? And now I'm Doug sexual at best? No. I know it was a term. That's from Uncle Cucker. No. So we've had people realize they might be into gentlemen because of this show. But again, I'm looking for an opinion. And, and listen, this isn't one necessarily for the audience, although if that's the case, then great. But on the day, I mean, this is an opportunity. This is red meat for the audience, an opportunity mm-hmm. to crap on us. I mean, my right. God. I've been wrong so much. So I'm trying, but I'm trying to, but like I think about like like the kind of person I was in the 
aughts, and I go, ooh, I don't, I'm not real proud of that. But a lot of my principles remain the same, so that's why I'm like, I'm looking, I'm looking for it. And then with regard to the show, I'm trying to think of things as well from people whose opinions may have changed on something, and I don't know. And I mean, when you got 20 years of a sample size and plenty has transpired, yeah. so that's why... And the one, like I said, was the, the downtown thing. And I don't even know if that was like a real passionate topic, but it's certainly one that, that my opinion has changed. But again, I'm pro downtown. I'm just, it, I'm talking downtowns in general. I just, I think it's, it's an antiquated thought process that a downtown thriving is necessary for a region to thrive in other words that there's a direct correlation i think i don't i do not share that opinion anymore nor do i i just think it's it's um, an ill-fated venture to try to rediscover as well yeah. in this particular region when i think about somebody changing your mind an example i would give and it's not me but an example is just say when covid hit and we had all these different oh you got to do this you got to do this oh you got to do this you got to do this if anybody's mind changed when they actually listened to the facts, okay, well, this really isn't going to do this, and we need to do this, and, oh, really? That makes sense. I'm not going to do this anymore. You know, I wonder if that would be an example of somebody changing your mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think agree. a lot of us changed our mind based on what happened with COVID. Mm-hmm. In, in, in terms of on this show, I cannot think of one specifically. I've been wrong a bunch. But that's not like changing my mind, you know, that's just simply being wrong. Yeah, well, everybody's wrong every now and then. I don't know who this is toward. What about your original stance on Battlehawks and the dogs before they started? So I don't know who is, I don't know who's, I don't know, just in general. So I don't know on that. Uh, were, were, was anybody skeptical that the, the soccer team wouldn't make it? Or yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I, so. You know, they start in just a couple weeks again. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> but I would, I'm sure I said I can't, I mean, I, I don't know what I said. I'm very critical on soccer in general, so maybe I did say something about I'd be surprised if I said they weren't going to be successful just because you know how powerful soccer yeah. is here. You would assume that it was going to be. I th if anything, I would say the only thing I could say is I underestimated how great the crowd would be. Would be. I yeah. had a feeling it was going to be an energetic, younger crowd. And that was the thing I remember saying in advance of it, but it has been even more so than I expected. And I think we thought the team was going to be asked because we didn't, I mean, you, I don't we don't think know. anybody's talking about whether or not a soccer team is going to be good or not on this show. Because yeah. it would just be complete error. Yeah. And by error, I mean. I didn't, we don't know anybody. <laughs> That's it. I always liked your play in the midfield, Tim. Well, you know what? Now that I remember uh -huh. that, you did talk about the yeah. midfield. Just like you were talking about the Blues neutral zone play on the yeah. Western Canada trip. Wouldn't it, that be like a right or wrong? That wouldn't be a changing your mind. If you said, I don't think they're going to be very good. Hey, they were pretty good. I was wrong. Nobody changed your mind. You just no, it's been were wrong about a prediction. the team would be in the big picture. Mm -hmm. It's another indication of just how sports-hungry our area is. I mean, the soccer, I, I don't think they had a seat go unsold. The and Cardinals still, year. even in a bad year, the Cardinals are still one of the top-drawing teams in baseball. The Blues draw extremely well. I'm into two Battlehawk games. Say what you want about them, and I, I kind of diss them too. Those crowds are rowdy. They're yeah. loud as hell. They sell a ton of concessions, and it's packed. Yeah, best attendance in the XFL. Like, it is actually packed there. It, like, feels like a sporting event and not like just 
some thing just slapped together. Right. The dome doesn't look great. No. But that's not the Battlehawks' fault that no, the dome looks how it looks. Mm-hmm. The one thing that always surprised me with, with fans is that the Billikens haven't become a bigger thing. I, I go five games and, a year. And they were huge predating Plowhawk and Jackson yeah. in the, in, when they were playing at the arena mm-hmm. with that spoonball. I mean, that that captivated the city. Right. And there were uh, obviously moments in, in other coaching tenures where they made the NCAA yeah. tournament. Obviously, yeah. had Rick Majerus, but you also had Lorenzo Romar. Your guy, you called him Sudsy? I did, Sudsy. <laughs> Brad I guess some of that was Spoonhour. He was so likable, so popular. But the style of play. Style of play was great. They had St. Louis-based guys who were the stars. H. Were, Waldman. Well, not him, but Claggett Vegas. and Highmark. He was. he was Las Vegas. And Larry Hughes was a... I guess a little bit later, but it's shape it's is a fun area to go to. Like it's a fun event space to go to. Don't Watch say event space. Yeah, they really they could have concerts and. Okay. Where'd Bonner go to high school? Vashon. First round draft pick. First or second of the Knicks, right? Yeah, a cup of coffee. Yeah, he went to the Knicks. I uh, think he might have been a first round. What about the rise of social media? Everyone thought it would be great. Now it's the scum of the earth. That's from Dimitri <laughs> Sokolutu. Uh, I don't know if people were necessarily raving about it being great per se, so I don't know. That that's just one, you know. I'm just going to have to use my uh, my experience here on the program and memory to say I don't recall like people even know oh, this is going to be great, and I don't know if anybody's necessarily saying it's wonderful now on this program. There's plenty of people who certainly enjoy it and it's their careers and God bless them. I 100% thought Jackie Boy would never give up that Harrier. Boy hole, lo and behold, I'm now convinced that he's been fisted beyond repair by uh, many oh. a female patron. Gosh. It's from John Lithgow's Harry Henderson. This is huge. It's gonna, it's gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to move past that. I'm going to give you something that, that I feel that just came to my mind. Okay, what do you got? That Ooh. was certainly fueled by my presence on this program. Is I think I stopped coming to discussions with such like declarative statements and more curiosity on topics you know like coming at it like in my opinion and then discussing because i think that makes a much more good faith discussion instead of like no this is the reason that this is the best or this is the reason that this is the worst instead being like in my opinion this is why i think this needs improvement and why i think this is great but that like is much more open-ended and allows for a better discussion as opposed to being declarative and like becoming argumentative and i think i learned that doing this show and tim's podcast and balloon party just like coming to a discussion with a more open mind curious mindset as opposed to being like i'm right change my mind right but the 48 hour rule still still holds uh, you know not really a rule that's one of the commandments almost yeah. that you're following like a north star it's right. kind of a snapshot in history okay but yeah that's something like i, I just I, I think that's important to come to discussions with a more open mind you learn that on the fan page too don't you jackson um, yeah, <laughs> one would say. I like that one, though, because it is true. I remember when I first started in radio, I was always not demanding, but saying I'm right and you're wrong. I still do that from time to time. People expect hot takes. I don't know if they're expecting And you've any delivered. They got the mitt sponsor because of these takes. Right. Flame takes. Mm-hmm. Bonner was drafted by the Kings. Was that he might really? be right. That's from Mary Joe from Missouri. <laughs> well, he must have got traded to the Knicks. I think, he might, I think that might be right, actually. I think he did play with the Knicks, but he, he was drafted by the Kings. I yeah. think that's right. 
First round, though, I think, wasn't it? End of the first round. That that seems right. You're going back to like the late '80s, right? '89. Yeah, I just so? remember because first the round, twenty-third overall pick. Light the beam. Uh, pretty sure SLU led the nation in attendance during some of the spoon bowl. I believe that is correct. Yeah, that was right unbelievable. Was it was Syracuse. such a great atmosphere yeah. at the mm-hmm. arena too. Yeah. Yeah, those are fun days. Yeah, a lot of it was Spoon Hour. He was so good, so funny, hysterical. Yeah. Guy. Great guy. Yeah. That was perfect. That really was. Yeah. You're right about that. Uh, you can text in. Uh, so far, nothing. I mean, nothing of. You can't change the. Minds I'm not of saying our not listeners. nothing, but but just nothing that's. I'm really surprised by that. I don't know. So I I thought when the question was asked yesterday, I'm like, okay, I'll be able to think of something. I'm like, oh, give it 24, 48 hours, and then I'll get emails. And I'm like, I'll put it to the audience on TMA because inevitably there's got to be something. But I uh, I don't know. Swope is diving right now. Oh. Yeah, and it's not like yeah. a gotcha sports take. I'm talking more about philosophy. That's that's that, then there's a there's a there's a difference, but maybe I'm not conveying it properly. Uh, let me see what we've got here on the program. Uh, Ed Herman coming up in 17 minutes, and uh, Design Air, as I made reference to already, is the sponsor of our email of the day online at designairservice.com, the official HVAC provider of TMA and the Tim McKernan Show. And uh, you can email in the morning after at insidestl.com. The morning after at insidestl.com. Who the hell cares about Anthony Bonner? Oh. It's from Harrison's brother, Master, oh. and he is not happy. Don't you diss him. God, he is so angry. Well, we were talking about local kids playing for SLU, and God forbid I bring up a local kid. Yeah, you sure did. Sorry. Doug, do you like a Why text of this size? That's all very That's long. That's too long. Don't text, text us that much. My God almighty. Yeah. You know, Bonner's one of the great players St. Louis has ever produced. Yeah. Now, I came up with something. I found something yesterday. I was just doing a little research for the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And I don't know how it came up, but I think some Robert Wren, who used to play on the tour, um, <laughs> something came up with him that he he missed nine straight cuts one year to start the year, and he was $50,000 in the hole, which means these guys are spending over $5,000 a week to to, to play in a tournament, to stay in a tournament. And I was wondering how much of that was an entry fee. And this, I didn't know this. You don't pay an entry fee on the PGA Tour to play in the tournament. You shouldn't. Why should you? Well. Major League Baseball players don't play an entry fee to play Well, it's also games. a team sport. It's an individual so sport. So what? Um, all right. Now, you know, the LPGA has the uh, Futures Tour. It's like a f- 18 tournament throughout the year to try and earn your card for the next year no they pay four hundred dollars a tournament they entry shouldn't. fee. they shouldn't have to they shouldn't have to if they're providing entertainment that's going on television and making people money they shouldn't have to pay yeah, it's I'll like just... asking an actor to pay to be in a show and the tour players do have to pay 50 bucks a week for locker fees but um they shouldn't have to do that either yeah, i just found it odd that one tour doesn't charge and then a little futures tour you got to pay the Corn Ferry Tour, you got to pay to play. Well, no one should have to pay to play. If you're the product, you shouldn't have to pay to be the product. It'd be like us paying to come in and work. <laughs> well, that's how they make the money. Well, they make most of their money in the pro-ams. But... I'd pay to be on this show. You what? Pro-am building, and you can't really replicate the text line and fan page. Hey, we're going to put on an event. You want to be on our event? You want to be the show? Okay, now pay us to do that. You want to play that's in the Pebble Beach Pro-am, Doug? Sure. Twenty-five thousand dollars a person to play in the program. I'm not paying it. 
$100,000 for a foursome <laughs> to play in the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Gosh. They're not cheap. That's where the, that's where a lot of their money comes from. I, obviously sponsors, but they make a ton of money in the, the Pro-Am. So I think the, and if any of the Ascension boys are listening, you can tell me if I'm wrong or not. The Ascension boys? <laughs> Aren't they like 70? <laughs> no. The guy, the guy Jackson likes. <laughs> Doug? Now you're going to make Jackson think of what's on your mind. Killian? No, Killian Murphy. Yeah, we played golf. the champion. Spence? Spence. Yeah, Spence is, is part of the Ascension Boys. The Ascension um, Boys. But I think the, I think the Ascension. <laughs> Sounds like a rowdy group. That's Next a champ- coming soon. Well, that's a champion store, which would probably be more fun because these guys are more outgoing. But I think it's like $2,500 a person, so $10,000 a force in a play in the Ascension Pro-Am. I'll follow this guy on Twitter, Evan Thompson. I think he's uh, trying to get on the corn ferry. Monday qualifies a ton. I think he's still in college. Or the guy from uh, Kennesaw State? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's interesting. Been, he, I, he, just, he really just goes in depth on a day in a life of trying to make the tour, whether it be the corn ferry tour, he Monday qualifies, and shows the expenses along with it, what's he get, what he gets free, you know, what, you know, and he adds up the total expenses of the, the round of golf he paid for, the travel, the food, the lodging. It's very interesting. He's extremely follow. great. He's a great follower. Yeah. Significant moment in show history. Harrison Bader, uh, Harrison's brother, Master, has just left the show. It's oh, over. No. Oh, my He's God, gone. already? It's like the fifth straight day he's left. <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> I just found it interesting that, you know, that's what, you know, PGA players, you, you know, okay, go out there and, and make that millions. That was right out of the blue you brought that. Make millions of dollars. And, well, I was talking about Pebble Beach. I go to something else. I just thought it was fascinating that... Evan that Thompson, PGA great player follow, who makes State. millions of dollars has to pay nothing to get into a tournament because everything given to him. But these young LPGA <laughs> players trying to make it on the tour have to pay four hundred dollars, and, and they're you can probably win like three thousand <laughs> if you win the tournament. Okay. It costs you four hundred dollars to play every week. Is that something that your opinion has changed on over the years? <laughs> yeah, I thought they played for free. Okay. It starts with a G and ends with an ale Volvo. Yeah, give me a Viva Lestrade. <laughs> What did what, you say? I found, I found it fascinating. <laughs> Viva la stroke! <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, what are we talking about? Well, let me jerk the wheel right into this ravine. I ever tell you about Bobby Wren's entry fee? No, well, buckle up. I've got a doozy for you. Shut up and act like a man! Oh. That's from Arbor Day, and he won Texture of the Year. Mm. Right. Why don't y'all text in what changed your mind? Oh. <laughs> None of you answered that question. We were just talking about... I just mentioned Pebble Beach, and I said $100,000 for a foursome to play Pebble Beach. But you dragged in the Ascension Boys. Uh, Spencer Head is listening to the program, Doug, and he texts me, Ascension Boy here, 15000 for a pro-am. We will not honor the Iggy $10,000 special. That is from oh. the Ascension Boys. Oh, so 15000 to play Official for a statement has been okay. issued from the Ascension Boys. All right, I was off by 5000 mm. I need some warm milk and some cookies. <laughs> I need some cookies and some milk. Well, when you say the Ascension Boys, it reminds me of years ago, I went with a couple of other couples to a country line dance bar. That was when that was a thing. Just to oh, check that out. Huge. Yeah, text in about they, this. They were big. And we were in the, I went into the, the bathroom and I heard a couple guys talking, and one of them says, he says to his friends, Watch your back, fellas. The High Ridge Boys are here. <laughs> and they want to scrap? I guess. Uh, guys, Iggy is currently changing my mind. I used to love the show. That's from Chairman Steve and Wildwood, and he is the Milagro Tequila Listener of the Year. Well, you can go back to bed, too, if you like. Mm. 
That story <laughs> changed my mind on how badly I want to continue breathing. <laughs> Brian Henshin, and he is monitoring the Colts and whether or not they are the alternates for the Super Bowl. <laughs> nobody, and I mean nobody, cares about the LPGA. No. Are we really doing this again? Ah! That's some big top. <laughs> I would have read more about LPGA entrance fees had I known this was going to be the topic. I know. I completely passed over the big LPGA Tour article. <laughs> now I wish I would have read it. I appreciate Tim and Doug and Jackson, actual smart people, getting five minutes to talk about important topics only to be interrupted about the pressing topic of PGA Tour entry fees. It's from Nathan from the east side of Alton. Why was I left out of that? I haven't taken over the show. No, you of haven't. Any kind. Well, Nathan, call in. Tell us what changed your mind. Let's oh, get Damian. back to that. Damian. <laughs> or anybody text in what changed your mind. We can talk about that. We didn't text in any answers. 9004-TMA. So you can call in, Nathan. We'll move you to the front of the line. Iggy, can we hear about today's shower? Thanks in advance. What does that mean? That's from John Mardukas, too. The shower work today? I have no clue. Yesterday, you talked about the water. Ah, you had to, that was you Sunday. Full of today's soap. Tuesday. That didn't change my mind. The water came back on. Okay. Well, now you're and upset. I rinsed off four hours later. <laughs> Guys, Iggy's trying to get an exemption to play in the Ascension Pro Am. That's from Mayor Don. No, if I played, I'd play as a celebrity and I wouldn't pay, so. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'd love to see that. Tim played one year, didn't you? I did play last year. As yeah, you didn't pay, did you? I did not. There you go. <laughs> there you go, Doug. Well, but he's the star case of the show. Case in point. <laughs> yeah, case in point. But Tim is the star of the show. He is. But if I was asked to play, I wouldn't pay to play. Oh. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> uh. well, the Ascension boys are going to want you to kick in something. Uh, Beer Cats is not happy with me. Well, why don't you leave, too? <laughs> <laughs> Tim, you have one damn job. Be the quarterback of this team. We don't need you to be Pat Mahomes and make all the plays. We just need to be Trent Dilfer and manage the game. You're Tony Banks right now and allowing Iggy to ruin this season. Oh. Be better at your job, oh, Tim! Come on. That's from Milagro Tequila. Lister of the month, January 2023, who was voted on in a papal conclave overlooking the, would you say Caribbean or Caribbean Sea? I usually say Caribbean. You know, we were there. This time last year, Plow. I saw the memories on Facebook. Yeah. We landed on the 28th, so this would be our second show in Jamaica. And that was right when you time. got sideways with the guy with the cornrows. <laughs> I think this is the day he got the, the beads. The, the, the beaded beads. cornrow dreads. Yeah, that was that, a fun time. That was, was amazing. I love just the the escape of the cold and the terrible and the yeah. the beach. Yeah. Lousy versus that too. It's so funny. Just the husband, I guess, or boyfriend of the, just the host from like Roanoke just, or something uh, like that. I don't know what it was. It was Could have been more thing. random. If he if he hadn't been the boyfriend of a girl that was really attractive, it wouldn't have bothered you, right? It was the fact that the girl I don't was think attractive. That's the way the Plowhawk's mind works. I get no. where you're coming from on that. I think he like you had jealousy bumped, there. No, I think he. No, I, think I remember he, I, think he I gave like him an fl- ass when you bumped into his new I, Jordans I, or something. I gave him a flat tire. Remember on the plane? This is the first plane. So we at the time I didn't know he was going to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. This is the flight to Miami, right? Or uh, uh, where did we fly? Oh yeah, we did fly into Miami. I Miami think, on the I way there. I think we first met him in Miami, and he was on our flight to. Is Mexico, that right? right? Yeah, and then I gave him a flat tire. Oh hell, broke loose with the next pair of Jordans and oh yeah. He was a cocklebird right then and there. Of the week. Yeah. How about Easy this? A stunning, but yet, I think, probably a lot of people would maybe internally say this, um, 
And I would I, I don't know. I'd, I'd maybe... But how about this? I'm 57, and my attitude on homosexuality as a young man was anything but enlightened. As I've matured, life experience has changed my mind and heart completely. I'm guessing many guys of my age have had a similar change of heart. That's from the 314. I think that... Now, I don't really think that the show was ever, like, anti-gay, but... I bet a lot of people, and, and probably Jackson, it wouldn't be your age range, I wouldn't think, but maybe, who knows, I don't know. But yeah, I think that that's probably an accurate, I mean, again, again this is more about things that we've espoused on the show, but uh, yeah, I bet there are a lot of guys who are in their, probably even 80s and 70s, who probably feel differently about it now, I think, I think. What I don't know, I don't, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm off the mark on that. I'd like to know what changed their mind. Uh, 314, uh, just to follow it up, he said, live and let live. Well, this show has a reputation of being boy crazy. I agree with that. So maybe, maybe we've made yeah, we've, men more accepting. I think so. Maybe he got pegged and enjoyed it. Oh. What was that? Maybe he got pegged and enjoyed it. <laughs> You'd call it. have to take it there. 636-9004-TMA. Is he on the line? Who? No. No. Oh wow, that was that was cryptic. No, Gosh, it was I a mean, no, but the tone. At us. I, mean, so I didn't mean to. No, I, didn't I took mean. it more as cryptic, like don't touch that phone line. Oh well, yeah, that tight read. Oh yeah, I don't go. Well, I mean, you can. You just, I just, you, you know, be, it's on the other side. Oh, I don't know. I just either oh, way, yeah. it doesn't sound like I'm going to be rewarded. Plowk, what treat do you have there? Oh, honey bun. <laughs> Look like extra glaze. Really, extra glaze. I like that. That means extra sugar, right? Okay, but it doesn't matter. I think You're still it's 115 fat, it's pounds. Fat-free though. Fat-free sugar. I remember the days when the, they used to have TV commercials for sugar. CNH pure cane sugar Whoa. from Hawaii, growing that's in right. the sun. No. Yeah. Now that's the last thing people want to hear is that there's that's sugar actually, in the yeah, food. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you're right. You I know, remember that day we had like a luau and they'd be right. talking about their sugar and dancing in Hawaiian yeah. skirts and things, and, and they were, were sucking on that cane. <laughs> right. And we were thrilled that there was so much sugar in everything we were eating. You know, they eat about the same thing. And I saw a guy, like, track his travel in Europe, what he ate. And he lost three pounds and ate the same amount of, you know, sugary food. But oh, it was yeah. the walking yeah. and the, like... The exercise. The exercise. So you, it, you he don't left have to that part out in, in, his, in his take. I get that. But I think it's a good point to where, like, you can eat the same things you're doing if you just walk. You know, or do a little bit of exercise to get your body moving, like they do in European countries. Yeah. Burn you more can calories literally than eat you take still in. the same crap and mm-hmm. still look decent and right. still be fit. If you I do one or the other, point. if you do one or the other, eat right or work out often, you'll probably be okay. If you, you, don't you do, have to both, do both, I mean, if you do both, you'll be in great shape. Yeah. If you do one, you're surviving just fine. Probably. You can't do neither. Right. Neither and, is the problem. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's accurate. So I thought that was funny that he was eating, like, big, fat donuts for breakfast, just these huge pasta, meat portions for dinner, and lost three pounds in the process yeah, on vacation. Yeah, if you exercise all day, you can do And you're confused why. Why? Because you're walking everywhere. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Little nuggets for Yeah, if we the, walked uh... more, we'd be better off. I know our, most of our listeners aren't overweight, which is nice. Yeah, I haven't but, seen so I don't know yet. why I'm even bringing it up, but... No. They look like <laughs> bodybuilders, if anything. <laughs> I like your body. A lot. Well, we don't walk much in a town like this. You can't really. I mean... Yeah, it's a, it's a driving society. 
Uh, if you want to get some work in and walk, uh, I would recommend playing golf. Carrying oh, those clubs, Doug, mm-hmm. it burns a substantial amount of calories, surprisingly yeah. so. SSM Health welcomes the St. Louis Golf Expo February 2nd through the 4th at St. Charles Convention Center with 90-plus golf exhibits this year, the most they've ever had. Buy tickets online and get a round of golf and bonuses at the door while they last, presented by the Post-Dispatch Shop Big Brands with Pro-Am Golf where you can test and get fitted for your new set, show off your skills at the Dave Sinclair Lincoln Long Putt Challenge, give Iggy a run for his money at the DraftKings at Casino Queen Long Drive Challenge. Don't forget to stop by the Mick Ultra 19th Hole and have a beer or a seltzer. The Expo is February 2nd through the 4th at the St. Charles Convention Center. Tickets still available. Here's where you can get them. S-T-L-Golf-Expo. Com. S-T-L-GolfExpo.com. There you go. There it is. And yeah. think about it. Ed Herman is here. Let's bring him in. It's 8 o'clock. It's a perfect time for Ed to come on in. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Is it warm in here? A little bit. I, little I can bit. turn it down. Well, we got to, this is getting to the point of, uh, I don't know what to do anymore. It's hot. Well, they say if you take a steam every day, it, it releases some of the toxin from your skin. I'll do that. It's kind of good for your skin to sweat it all out. Uh, it is. Uh, it's muggy. It almost feels like I'm in Florida right now. It's, really? It's, we've been here a couple of years. We've just never had what we got going on here recently. Uh, Ed Herman of Brown and Crouppen will be joining us in studio, and here he comes right well, here's here. Here's Ed now. What does well, he hello, have? Ed. What does he have? I come bearing. Uh, what does he have? What does he have? He has oh, an Ancestry DNA. Nice. Oh, oh my great. goodness. That, that's that's separate. We got a lot to talk about. Stash of money you've got sitting. What do we got? Oh, look at this wallet. What do you think about this wallet? Isn't it like a Costanza? Costanza. It's Costanza exactly wallet. Comes to mind. Isn't that yeah. amazing how that was so iconic that everybody that, that knows? And I, I barely watch Seinfeld, and I know it's a Costanza it's a wallet. Costanza. What do you uh, have this, here today, This Ed? is not for me. One of your one of your most loyal fans okay. of the show, a man named Dan Stack. I'm just going to oh. call him by name. Dan, Dan. Stack. He, he can really Dan. hit that golf ball, Doug. Can he? Yeah, well, and, the, and this Stack. is, yeah, so he, he uh, brought this in because he works at our office. He's one of our lawyers. And uh, he said this was a gift for Iggy, and that Iggy would understand um, the significance of this. So this this is a hat. I, it says uh, "Slow Play Kills," just like <laughs> oh. uh, in the shape of a cigarette. Dude, that's an awesome. Gift. You, that's a nice looking hat. That's it. Is a good looking Sky hat. That's and, sweet. And then it also has some uh, some nice looking tees in there. Oh, look at that! Iggy. From a company called You Suck at Golf. Oh. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so look at that. You're, the, the fans are showering you with... Um, Thanks, that. With yeah. these, are, these are the kind of tees I like, too. The, yeah, they're just regular skinny. wooden tees. Wooden tees. Oh, yeah. Those are nice. Those are nice. I like the 
ask anyone. Now, does it make a difference when they're in the ground? Or? <laughs> no, it doesn't. That's no, nice it, maybe hat. it does. I don't know that it doesn't. No, I don't like a wooden skinny tee. I don't like a little stumpy plastic one. I don't like real fat tees. How many yeah. tees are fat? <laughs> there are fat tees, but you got to ask yourself, why would they make fat tees? Is it just a waste of wood? If, you, if you're saying they're the same, why wouldn't you go with the I would agree tea? with that. I didn't I even mean, know they made them, yeah. though. Apparently. Well, this was just brought in, too. Oh, I, what do we I, have? I, I was given the good news prior to walking in by, uh, by, by Greg, sales guy. Uh, I said, how's the fundraiser going along? Did mm -hmm. they get to the $1,000? Yeah. For, uh, for and he shared the good news with me. He $1, said, $1, in $1. fact, that yesterday it was presented outside of my presence, but I'll allow it. <laughs> and, he got an uh, envelope so, like the Goodfellas wedding. It, I, this is what I heard. I heard it was slipped to him <laughs> as, if, as if something illegal were occurring. <laughs> um, but uh, in reality, there's nothing wrong with that transaction. That congratulations clean, yeah. uh, on that. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's an agency cuts, and so it's my idea, but whatever. Yeah, the nice. point is, sure, thirty-three percent. Uh, I, I think that's that, uh, that's awesome. But I I do have in front of me uh, an ancestress. An, I can't say that word. Ancestry. There it is. Ancestry. Nice. Yeah. It just looks weird. Uh, an ancestry DNA kit, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know when you're when the plan is to 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 execute mm -hmm. this, to open this, to mm -hmm. start collecting. The mm -hmm. necessary saliva, but th that's for you to decide. Wow, it's, your, wow, wow. it's your show. We can do that whenever. But I am very excited about this. This is like I don't ha I don't have a lot of dreams. <laughs> I'm not one to I don't have a lot of dreams. But this is like a miniature. This is like a little dream come true. I mean, this really? is your project, and you're gonna get mm -hmm. to see it, it come is, to fruition. That's the thing, is and isn't that the the wonderful thing in life, right? Yeah. When you can take something from a from an idea that didn't exist in the world, you know. And I'm like, I'm a creator. That's you what that is. I'm like a, it's my poetry. That's Will you my, be willing to represent Iggy? Should some claims come against him? Not at all. Not remotely. No, I, no. I'd, I'd run from that situation <laughs> as, as quickly and as far as my little feet would take me. <laughs> uh, like if somebody comes up and says, you are my daddy. I need money. Well, good luck. Go go find some. That's exactly. Let him know that you need money, too. Yeah, and if he can too. find something that is he your, could take care of. Is your real mom and dad making any money? Because I need some. So how about... Don't look for me for money. Iggy, I got good news for you. What's that? You're, well, you may not be there quite yet, but, you know, in the next decade or so, you hit the age where your kids are supposed to take care of you. Oh, wow. You might actually get some caretakers out of this. What's that? saying, if I get some kids that are, you know, oh, healthy, hey, poor say, how about taking care of dad? Yeah, how about a little yeah. something for the old man? This could be your retirement. <laughs> you know? You're living down there in Palm Beach. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> Well, that yeah, would be hilarious. would be the best. I like, <laughs> God, it would be the greatest. Listen, if that were to happen, you know, I joked about taking an agency <laughs> fee on the thousand. Eh, that's not that much money. But if we, if we hit the jackpot here, if it turns out that I'd you're the father of, of Ronald Acuna. You know, <laughs> right. I want to. I want in on some of that. That that yeah. cash. Or maybe Stephen Jobs left a fortune and they can't find the heir. They you can't know, find his real father. That's well. That you know, is it, you're not old enough to be Stephen. I don't think Ken he's Jobs. Old. Ken Jobs. I mean, how, old, how old is Bezos? Uh, too old. He's, he's probably a contemporary. Too old, okay. Yeah, no. I think you... Zuckerberg you could here be, in play. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say Zuckerberg's in play. I think Elon Musk is in play. Yeah, right. Nope. Jack Dorsey, maybe? Yeah. Um, St. Louis yeah, and Southsider? Yeah. No, I think he's in play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. So let me tell you. You get one of those. We are... Yeah, this is positive yes, EV to Take do care this. of all of us. Oh, yeah. And, and, if it's, and listen, the people that are broke don't do Ancestry. You know... 
DNA. That's not like what they're right. focusing on. It's a rich man's pleasure. Yeah, this, this, exactly. <laughs> it's you're, you're, a rich man's pleasure. <laughs> it, it's true, because, you know, yeah, you have I to have a that. certain amount of, you know. Sure, savoir-faire. Yeah, yeah and, and also arrogance, mm-hmm. and, you know, that comes yeah. along with a couple of bucks <laughs> to say, well, let me see of which I'm made, you know. <laughs> You know, this. Where am I from? What are my roots? Most working people just like just they just got to do that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I got I got bills to pay. Right. So I got to keep my cable. Quickly, on. will we be able to turn this around? Iggy, I'm sure you're willing to just spit in this thing probably today. And then what is it, it like? Takes, a, what, two to four weeks. Is that what it is? Two to four weeks. That's what it is. Two to four weeks. We're gonna get it off, and then yeah. you know we'll do the big reveal. I have a feeling that we'll have to make that a special episode. Oh, absolutely, I know that Andy. I listened to the uh, show last week uh-huh. when Andy was on. Mm-hmm. He did a nice job. Mm-hmm. He was on for a long time, man. <laughs> I time. Well, we like, don't have anything else. Between, we can't wait for I, you guys to know, get here. No, I know, I know, but I'm just saying. Like, I, I give you the good stuff. He's on there 50, 52 minutes. I mean, my God, what the hell? <laughs> I could talk about it too because he's not listening today. He's has on this the, become a problem in the office? No, 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 no. We love it, um, and we have a lot of fun going back and forth. I know he's on vacation this week. He is on the slopes right now. How is he? Oh, nice. Yeah, he's a big skier. I, I never, that was never my thing. I tried it one time. And it, what, what went wrong? It, 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 everything. <laughs> everything. First of all, and maybe, I, you know, I think it's one of those things you got to start when you're young. And, and you know, he, he was born into better financial circumstances than I were. That's how you know that those kids get, they get thrown on skis, you know, they're walking, and then mm-hmm. two weeks later they're mm-hmm. on skis. I didn't put my first pair of skis on until I was like 48. That's a real mistake, yeah, uh. and and I was not in the in the spectacular shape that you see me in today. <laughs> I was more in the shape that you're accustomed to seeing me in in my Ed versus videos. Yeah, I saw you on a commercial last night. I thought, boy, Ed's really lost a lot. You've gotten yeah. in great shape. How much weight did you lose? Uh, from the very beginning of my fatness, or from just this last round? Well, of maybe fatness? from the peak fatness. From peak fatness, I'm down about 160 pounds. Holy really? crap! I had yeah. no idea. Oh, really? 160. No. Oh, wait a second. Let me pull out a little before and after here. Wow. I'm shocked. I didn't know that either. I had. Oh yeah, yeah. I really no, had no, no idea. I, I grew up uh, a fat guy. I mean, my that's my identity. It's weird. I know you see me now, and you're like, you wouldn't even think of it that what way. What do you weigh now? Like a buck fifty? I don't even want to tell you in case people I have listening that are concerned about my weight. Oh, is that right? Like 135 pounds. 135 pounds. Plowhawk here, what do we weigh you in at 119? Once, yeah, 117, I think. 117, 119. Okay, but here, look at this. All right, let's take a look at this, Doug. Let's get to the bottom of this. Wow, wow, wow. That, How about that? You look like With a different human. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even guess that's you, that's honestly. Close. Where's the camera? Right there. Put it right in front of there. There you go. Take a look at it if you're watching on YouTube. That's what 293 pounds looks like. Wow. <laughs> I saw oh a commercial last night. I like the hat. Yeah. The commercial might have been on oh, The Bachelor had, that I was watching. I still had style. <laughs> oh, sure. You can't take that away. No. You know, it's no. just you have to modify it a little bit. How did bit. you lose it? Uh, well, I mean, I've, I've lost over 100 pounds on seven different occasions. So I, I've lost weight just about every way that you can. So then you didn't do the procedure? Uh, I did. Wind a, up? I did a procedure back in 2011 and had great success with it and got all the way down. And, but I got down really low knowing that there was going to be a little bounce back. And there was bounce back, but I never got quite as big as, as in that picture. Mm-hmm. I always stayed at least 50 pounds below that. And then, um, but this time around, I, I, I used that Mongero, which are those weekly it... injectables. Okay. Everybody talks about Ozempic. Ozempic only got popular because of the Kardashians. But Mongero, that has 30 to 40% better results, and it just got FDA approved specifically for weight loss under a different name, something with a Z. Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, this stuff, you know, 
you know, they, they had a great deal going for where if you had the coupon from the site that made it like ridiculously cheap last year. Now it's gotten more expensive if your insurance doesn't cover it. But let me tell you out there, folks, they're not paying me any money. It was simply the, the best the best thing that I ever did. I had no side effects other than consistent, smooth, easy weight loss. Really? Uh, yeah, no, it, 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 it works. Uh, so the way, it, what, how does it work? I honestly don't know how it, it works. It, 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 it reduces does a, your it, appetite? It does a few things. It reduces the appetite, but it also slows the digestive process. So the food that you eat will stay in your stomach much longer mm-hmm. without being broken down. So you just wind up feeling full a lot longer. The other thing it does is it boosts your insulin a little bit, mm-hmm. which, as you know, if anybody in your family's ever been pre-diabetic or diabetic uh, type 2, uh, you, you, you know, if you can get that insulin up, it processes the sugars efficiently so that they don't get stored as fat, which is ultimately what happens to sugar. So uh, it does a combination of those three things. And, yeah, you know, there's hope out there, folks. Uh, if you, uh, you know, if, you're, if you think there's nothing left, uh, don't, you know, it's, it's not a, people say, oh, you, you know, you got to do it. You know, you lose weight. You got, you know, it doesn't count if you don't like work out and 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 sit there counting your calories. And I'm like, of course it counts. I'm not looking to win a prize. Right. right. Like I'm not looking to. There's no contest here. Mm-hmm. A prize. When you're out there, you know, as, as you know, you know, when you're you're young or you're single and you're out there in the dating world, like the woman doesn't give a crap how you got in the uh-huh. shape that you're in. They only care what it, what the end result is. Mm-hmm. You think they're going to sit there and say, oh, wait a second, you're only in good shape because right. you did this. I need you to have eaten kale. Mm-hmm. Like, the, to hell with that. The Ozempic <laughs> thing is, uh, I, I mean, I don't even know if a year ago people were talking about it, but I feel like within the last six to eight months it's just become it's exploded. so mainstream. Well, and, you know, the, so many Hollywood celebrities have clearly done it and have talked about it, and some of them have just gotten, you know, they've gotten really, really thin. So you have all of these influencers and spokespeople who, without saying anything other than that's what they were doing, it just, everyone did, like, look at me, even, like, Mindy Kaling, you know. Oh, yeah, sure, I, it was I, in the office. And I, she's a brilliant writer, you know, um, of comedy. And, you know, she was never fat, you know. In real life, she would have just looked like just a regular person, but mm-hmm. you know how TV is. Oh, wow. And I hadn't seen her with the uh, Ozempic post. Oh, my God. You oh, see, wow. She's a totally like different a, person. Yeah, I mean, she's just like a real. I yeah. don't know if she necessarily looks better, but if she feels better and she's happier, God bless her. Amen. It's not my business. Yeah, right. You know, I like her either way. Well, America could use something that slims us down. Well, it, you sure. know, yeah, and you know what? It, it, it helps in a lot of ways, not only make people healthier, but, um, you know, maintaining the food supply. For 330 million Americans so that they can eat every day. I mean, that's a tremendous challenge. I, I think people take that for granted mm-hmm. because it's just so readily available for us. We can walk into any store. But think about that. I'm, I'm a nerd when it comes to, like, uh, food science. It's probably not what the audience well, wants to hear Well, self-esteem is very important in mental health. I mean, if you feel good about yourself, and if that's all that's all that matters, you give a crap what anybody else thinks. I mean, honestly, you did this, you do, who cares? And it may be that that's the only thing that matters at the end of the day is how you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you really boil it all down, not to get like no. crazy philosophical, but but yeah. Well, that's what it, yeah, that's that's all that matters. We got a text right here, Ed, from one of our listeners said I had gastric bypass in 2013 and lost 100 pounds. I've kept it off and weigh 170 pounds now. I had family tell me I cheated by losing it that way. Yeah, and you know what? Thank you for bringing that up. First of all, that is not a cheat. That's a person who took control over their life and their circumstances, who availed themselves to the possibility of a healthier life and also to the risks of a procedure. 
I didn't do, I did a gastric sleeve, which is uh, not quite as effective as what that listener did. Gastric bypass is serious uh, surgery. You know, they, they're messing with the stomach and also with the lower intestines. But it is incredibly effective. And let me tell you something. They don't know crap. The amount of discipline that it takes when you've had a gastric bypass to then live your life under the rules required um, with a gastric. You can't just say, all right, you had it. Now go back and eat whatever you want. Like you can eat around surgeries and there are things that could cause him real problems if he didn't do it right. So listen, you absolutely earned your weight loss. Don't let people hate on you like that. What the hell did they do? I would say every, every one of those women, is it not a cheat to put makeup on? That's not what their faces look like. They put it on to look better, and it's not hard, mm. you know? And we all have stuff like that. That's nonsense. That's absolute nonsense. That's just, that's just a lot of fat hate that's out there. And it's, you know, it's sort of the last still semi-accepted form of, of, of hate in that it's not protected at all, mm. you know? You're just allowed to to make uh, people feel like crap about how they look, whether it's because of their weight or something else. And that's just, that's just allowed. We have a uh, counterpoint here uh, from Eric in the Central West End, and he's your favorite texter, Jackson? You know it. Okay. Uh, yeah. He says, humble brag, but I'm 40 and I have a six-pack. It can be done. Okay. Healthy lifestyle is everything. Using pharmaceuticals for dramatic weight loss is not only unhealthy, it's a facade and not sustainable long-term. It'll come back if you don't exercise and eat right. That's Eric, and he's in the Central West End. Well, listen, I, I mean, I, I can't say that he's wrong. Uh, I, think for, I think most people would agree that if you're going to have long-term, consistent effects, like actual good health, and then, yeah, I think, you, you know, healthy lifestyle is, is the way to do it. I do think, though, that everyone's born a little different. We have different chemistries and metabolisms, yeah. and the rate with which we produce things like insulin are a little different. So I, I think that some people do need a tool, whatever that may be, a system uh, to latch on to. And it may be pharmaceutical. It may be uh, just routine. Uh, it may be getting a dietitian and learning. But these are all tools that are out there. And, but I agree with Eric. I mean, you use the tools so that give yourself an opportunity to actually live a healthy lifestyle. I mean, even with me, I don't want to mislead people and say, all I did was the injections and that's it. You have to use that as an opportunity to say, well, now that I'm not that hungry, I'm not ravenous, I don't have to make an emotional eating choice here. I don't have to just grab the greasy burger because right. it's going to feel good. Right now, I'm not motivated by that. So... I have that little bit of discipline to say, well, if I'm looking at a menu and this is just a regular meal, this right. isn't like a special occasion, right. what's the healthiest option on there? And then I'll take it. And then as a matter of routine, when I eat, when I look at my plate, whatever's on there, I always eat uh, the protein first. And if I'm still hungry, then I go to the vegetable. And only then, if I'm still hungry, do I let myself touch the carb. You know, I'll let myself touch it. I won't restrict it. But I, but usually by the time I'm done with the protein and the vegetable, I'm pretty you full, so yeah. I maybe get a bite or two of the carb. See, that's, that's part of like a lifestyle modification where the tool helps me be intellectual and, and more conscious in my eating. But, uh, you know, listen, it, it, you know, if he's able to do that and enjoy that, I, God bless him. Yeah. I can't take anything away from him. Good, uh, good for him. I, I've heard that people that take the Ozempic, if they get off of it, they start gaining weight again real quickly. You know, did you I, find that to be the case? It not not for me because what I what I did was um, I stayed with the weekly injectables. I never even had to get to the max dosage. I just stayed in the middle, and then with my doctor's supervision, once I got down to a number where there was no more weight to be lost, 
we started spreading, even as we were getting closer to it, started spreading the injections out further and further. So instead of every week, it was every two weeks, and then it was every three weeks and every four. And then I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I have them at the ready if I need them, but it's been almost, I mean, almost since the summer since I've done an injection. Uh, so um, now it's just, it's there. I know it's, it's there if I find myself slipping off or getting out of a good routine, but that's like six months now that yeah. I've just been able to kind of do it on my own. And when you see results, you get motivated to keep going too. You, you do. And, and, and you know, I, I don't want to show off or whatever. I don't have a six-pack, but for the first time in my life, I have a solid four-pack, and then the bottom two are just mush. But the, but the top four, the top four are, 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 you know, solid as a rock. Are you doing ab exercises or this just as well, a byproduct of... If you thought that the taking of the injections was a bit of a cheat, then you're going to really like this. Well, what do we got actually, here? Well, you know, I've, I've gone to the... Uh, oh, listen, this is, I'm sharing this with the public. I yeah. have no shame. Yeah. I'm like everybody else out there. I'm just trying to look better and feel better. But I've gone to the Lifestyle Center, which is uh, one of these spa-type places sure. that does... Uh, variety of non-invasive uh, procedures and they have a machine there called the m sculpt and it's one of these machines that they connect to you for like a half hour they turn it on and it does these massive contractions and in the course of a half hour it, it gives you the equivalent of twenty thousand crunches you gotta be kidding me. I, I kid you not and um i i gone for uh did uh, eight eight treatments that were ab only uh for that alone and let me tell you you know, part of it is when you when you get real thin, everything's a little bit more visible mm-hmm. to begin sure. with. So for the first time in my life, I actually had more of a base to work with. In the past, if I had muscle, you couldn't see it. It was gonna it was buried under uh, layers of of additional padding. Uh, but once you take those away and you do that, all of a sudden I was like, Jesus. Yeah. You know. So yeah. Now that listen, technology is a wonderful thing. How about that? And if you're that? if you're willing to be one, I'm one of those people. I will try stuff. You know, uh, I heard earlier today, you guys having that conversation about has anybody ever like convinced you of something and then you change your opinion, yes. change the opinion. Yes. That. That's happened for me several times. Can you give me an example? Um, I'd really be interested on, on somebody who's is, uh, um, the biggest, I have two huge examples. Okay. What um, do we got? Uh, uh tattoos. You are anti-tattoo I, for my whole life. I, I just, I was of that era that if, if people had tattoos, that meant that they were you know, they weren't the professionals of the world. They were, you know, some working class or, or, you know, some type of rough background that I didn't connect with. And, you know, I, you know, I was raised to think that that was somehow like, you know, that this is what gangsters do. Mm-hmm. They get tattoos, you know, Popeye had tattoos. Truck drivers, what, you know? Yeah, sailors on shore. Lines. Right, exactly. <laughs> like that was the image I had growing up. And so like in my mind, I, I never would have had got a tattoo. I grew up my whole life when I turned, um, 51 last April. If you took check with me last April and said, do you have any tattoos? The answer would have been no. Now, here we are almost a year later. I have nine tattoos. Dude, you're all Holy linked up. Uh, I'm all in. Yeah, because uh, I, I totally went the other way and got passionate about it. I, I went and saw it as uh, it was a form of, you know, sort of self-expression and taking control over my own body. It's really part of this whole process that goes along with sort of getting in better shape. It's it's like building a better relationship with yourself. And I found that when I got my first one, I really liked it. I liked how it looked. I liked that it drew um, my eye to it. 
when I look in the mirror. So instead of like looking at all my flaws and feeling like crap starting out a day because things didn't look the way I wanted them to, all of a sudden I had this little thing that was reflecting back at me in the mirror, got my attention, and I felt little by little it was it was improving, you know, my daily spirits. I wasn't getting off on a negative foot. So then I started thinking, well, what else do I have to say to myself? You know, I didn't put anything in a public way that anybody would ever see, and I'm not one to walk around virtually naked. Um, but for myself, yeah, yeah, I, I really uh, enjoy it. So I went totally the other way. And then, I don't know, I, you know, this may not be, you know, it is now that it's perfectly legal in Missouri, I'm not afraid to say, but, like, THC is another one. Like, I grew up in an era that anything THC-related, we didn't even call it THC, it was just pot, right, you know, that was, you were a gangster, you were a negative, you were one of the the bad kids that wasn't going to turn out to be anything, you know, it was like watching, like, things like Dazed and Confused yeah, or, yeah. or Fast Times at Richmond High, like, you know, I would think of pot, and I, I think of Jeff Spicoli, you know, so... Again, and I, it was, of course, illegal then, and I wanted to be a lawyer, so I never went anywhere near anything. Uh, I never even smoked a cigarette just because, you know, I was kind of a rule follower. And then um, about three years—this is actually a great story. About three years ago, I was having this, uh, this elbow pain, all right, and uh, it wouldn't go away. So Andy says to me, he says, have you ever tried— you know, the THC bombs, you know, lotions. And I'm like, no, what is that? He goes, well, it's, it's the, you know, it's marijuana infused bomb. And, you know, you rub it in and they say it's good for the pain. So I'm like, well, I, I don't know where I'd get that. I didn't think it was legal here. He goes, well, it's not, but, it, but you can get it over in Illinois because at the time Illinois, you know, right. was recreational. So I'm like, Jesus, I was so nervous. I'm like, I've never, I've never been to a dispensary. I don't know what goes on in these places. I don't know. Sunglasses and a hat. Yeah, I, it was like, well, it was during COVID. So we had masks on. So what happened is I say to him, I'm like, listen, I, he, goes, he goes, you know what? Because he, he doesn't really imbibe in that. But Andy lives in the real world. And he's, I'm sure, at some point or another, has tried everything. Um, so he said, well, I'll, I'll go with you if you're nervous. You know, we can meet over at, uh, uh, what is it, Beyond Hello over in Illinois at Soche. And so I'm like, okay, well, Terry hears us talking about it. And he goes, you know, I'd be curious. I'd be curious what goes on there. Maybe I'll go with you guys. So he said, fine. And everybody was claiming that uh, we had two more people join us. And everyone claimed that they had some type of pain on the, or the wrist pain. It was elbow pain. We all went in thinking we were walking out with lotion and bomb. Somehow in the process, it all changed. And we all left with edibles and no lotion. Or, or bomb. I was nervous. I had never tried anything. And I was nervous even just to drive back over the river because I'm not technically, I didn't, I don't know if that was 100% legal at the time. Um, but regardless. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, I took it for the first time. I had never tried any kind of pot. You know, I was totally against it. And I had a magical reaction to it. Like it quieted my mind in a way that I've never experienced before. My, my, I have an active mind, 32 lane highway kind of thing. And all of a sudden, I tried this thing, and for the first time, it's like I just had a quiet two lanes that I, allowed me to focus and relax. I never even knew it was possible. I, I just thought that's how minds were. They were just scattered and constantly thinking about a million different things at once. Well, after that, I was, that was done. I went out, immediately got my medical card and so that I can go here in, in Missouri as soon as, you know, get it here. And uh, I started on a micro um, and then I use it at, at, for, for bedtime, you know, it's phenomenal. And, uh, and now that it's recreational, I mean, 
now I'm like this. I'm one of the strongest advocates and ambassadors for people to do their research, do it methodically, you know, not, not for kids, not for, you know, obviously you got to be legal. And I'm not even saying it's a good idea to necessarily do in your twenties or thirties. Cause I don't know long-term what impact this will have on me, but like I'm 52 and I figure the idea forever is, is just not as long as it used to be. You know, when, I, when you're 20 and you think about, oh, if you get a tattoo, you got to, you know, you better love it. You're going to have it the rest of your life. That could be another 65, 70 years. That's a big commitment. Now I'm 52. Anything I do now only has to last about 20 years. You know, everything after that is kind of gravy. So forever isn't that big of a deal. 20 years I could do in my sleep. So now it's not as big of a of a thing, but yeah. So there you go. I mean, listen, I'm opening up to the folks here. You really are. You know, well, the people love you. Ed. I know well, that. Well, listen, I, people should be comfortable talking about the things that are real in their world, and I think that people's sense of judgment from others or or shame that self imposed prevents people from having real conversations that would actually make a difference in their happiness and their yeah. lives, make other people feel better too. Because, you know, I'm sure there's other people out there that have been shamed because of how they lost their weight. There are other people that are shamed because they don't lose weight. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of shame being spread around. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how, you know, you necessarily combat that other than to have a forum where people just talk real, mm -hmm. like, it is what it is. I don't. I don't mind talking about. Well, it. now that you've discovered the edibles and you've lost weight, you've slimmed down. You've got your tattoos. Would you consider a trip to Hito with Iggy and possibly well, venture well, over well, to the well, nude well, side? Well, well. First of all, I, I hope you. If I'm going anywhere with Iggy, it's it's going to be Bermuda. <laughs> oh, well, we're thinking Hito. Because uh, I I know his yeah, but he's got connections in Bermuda. <laughs> he's down there. He's they're, they're lining up for him in in Bermuda. Well, yeah, that was a long time ago. A lot of those. That's that's where the DNA test may come in. You know. With, all the girls in Bermuda. Oh, I have, oh, sure. I have no doubt that they'll be bringing you in. I don't, do we, is there extradition to Bermuda? I, I, have, I have no doubt that they would be there. But see, that's why, you know, I, I, I want the, if, if there are listeners out there that have a topic that they are always nervous to bring up, it's just something that, that always is sort of sitting in the back of their mind or always in the back of their mouth, but they never quite get it out because they just don't feel comfortable enough talking about it. They should text in and just put it out there. Wow, all right. Just put what it out solicitation. there. Yeah, oh, what a solicitation. Yeah, wonderful solicitation, Doug. Because you don't have to live with that. It doesn't have to sit on your conscience. You know, the beauty of this show is that you're just a group of guys, you know, just a group of regular guys. You're not out there trying to change the world in some huge way. You're not pretending to know more than you do. But we're men of letters. It, there you go. And now, not all of the letters spell anything. You know, I mean, they're not all right. the good kind of letters. Mm -hmm. You know, well, some of them the are BS. just random letters. BS is a big one. BS is a that, that's yeah. that's a popular one. But but see, that's that's the thing is you'd be shocked. There's a lot of people out there that don't have a group of guy friends. You know, as they get older, especially after they've had kids. You get so wrapped up in that, and, you know, you lose that, that, that sense of it. But this is, this is what the show is, I think, you know, for a lot of people out there. This yeah. is their group of guy friends. That is correct. Yeah. That is correct. So, is so let's bring them in. All right. Well, this is, let's okay. see what we got here. Uh, we, how about this? This is from the guy that Doug says is the face of the show, and that's Deke Dotem. Oh, no. And he says we should all strive to be as vulnerable and open-minded as Ed. How about that? It's a major you know, endorsement from Dotem. That means a lot to me because I wasn't always like this. I was I was quite the opposite. So what what transpired to change it? You know, at a certain point, 
in life, you know, you start realizing that, that, you know, uh, you, it, it doesn't matter, you know, like it, it, all of these, I, I saw this thing on TikTok. I got to give the guy credit. And I mean, I'm sure it's been said a million different ways, but he's like, at, at, at 20, all I cared about was what everybody else thought of me. At, at 40, I started to not care what other people thought about me. And by 60, I realized that nobody was ever thinking about me. Yeah. And I, I, I heard that and I heard wisdom in that, you know, it's, it may be cliche. It may just be a clever turn of phrase, but I, 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 to me, there was there was wisdom in that, and I think that played a lot in it. You know, if, if starting to ask those those questions of you know what do I really care about? How do I want to spend my time? You know, and I do have I still have that problem. I'm not going to make it like I've come overcome it. I, I care about other people's opinions. I still care about it way more than I should. Um, even when I do the show, I'll run on after and read through the comments to see you know. Did people enjoy the appearance? Did they not? Were they critical? I mean, I still care uh, way too much about other people's opinions, but I'm doing better. I'm caring less than I did before, especially in certain areas. And also, like, for me, losing weight was important, uh, not just for, uh, to your point, it was more about mental health than physical health because, you know, there are plenty of people of different sizes that you know, that live plenty long. So much of that is your genetics and, and DNA and all. But the mental health, it's a big thing. You do, when you grow up and you're heavy, you're an easy target and you know you're an easy target. There is good that comes out of it. You build up resilience. You develop a sharp wit. You you find a, a, your charm because you know you're going to have to appeal the opposite sex in sort of a, a different way mm. than the traditional way. All these other kids in high school, they all have these soccer player bodies. That's a lot to compete with. Um, but I even knew back then, I'm like, eventually all those guys are going to get dad bods and I'll still have my sense of humor and my charm and my ability to make money. And those things are going to mean more to women later than they do now. And so, um, but it does, it, it, when, when you, when you're out there and you have a, a visual vulnerability, something that makes you an easy target, you kind of show up in the world a little quieter. You don't want to draw that much attention because you just don't want to put yourself out there. So from a mental standpoint, whenever you're, whenever you're feeling a little bit better, you feel less vulnerable to the criticism of the world. Mm -hmm. And when you feel a little bit more invulnerable and not such an easy target, it emboldens you to do other stuff and take bigger chances and put yourself out there and allow yourself to appear more vulnerable. Yeah, I see what you're uh, saying. Yeah, because yeah, like right now, yeah. I mean... As much as I care about what people think, the truth of it is, I also know that there's really nothing that they could say that, I mean, that's going to bother me. It's a, like, what's what's going to stick? I, I, I you know. Um, that's you the know. power. That's yeah. the power. But I don't know how, you can't, like, teach somebody to get there. You almost have to go through the crap to arrive there. I, I think. I don't no, know. That, that's I, my, I my think philosophy. You, you definitely it. have to arrive there. But... You can take a shorter route to get to that point. How do you take the shorter route? I, you know, I think I think working in self awareness. I think mindfulness. I think getting a therapist or having a group of friends where you're comfortable enough to be yourself. That's the other thing is is you start as you get older to realize that you know you have all these versions of yourself that come out in different settings. You know, and, and you can sometimes get lost in that because you start thinking, well, who's the real me? I'm so different in this setting as I am in that setting or if I'm around these people or at work. As you get older, you know, they seem to meld into you find that, you know, 
it's all contained within one person. It's really not different, per, you know, versions of yourself. You just sort of come to terms with, with the one that you feel is truly your, your true self, your true honest self. And once you find that version of yourself, then you say to yourself, well, I need to stay with the people and in the environment that allows that version to just be the version. Mm. I don't really want to be around or spend time or effort if I'm around people that totally take me out of that version yeah. of myself. It's not worth the effort. You know, that's why I'm not social. I'm not that social. You're not. Oh, is that right? Really? No, I'm not that social. You know, I, I do great in a crowd of uh, four to five people. Is my that, That's my number. And I like a quiet environment. Like, this is perfect because we got five people and it's quiet. We can have a real conversation. As soon as you take it into louder settings, you know, I just, I, I sit there, but I don't, I don't really engage. Huh. Now, I have a technique even at parties. I get there early because I don't want anybody to know how long I've been there. <laughs> so I get there early. I find the most comfortable seat. It's usually the corner of a couch. I plant myself. I don't get up from there. This way, as people come in, uh, if they want to come over and say hi, they can. Um, happy to have them sit next to me. It's almost like a talk show. They can sit next to me on the couch. <laughs> they talk with me for a few minutes. I, I feel like okay about it because I'm like, if they came to me, clearly they wanted to talk to me for a few minutes. So then I, I, I don't feel like I'm intruding on whatever they would have otherwise wanted to do. And then at some point, you know, they want to break the conversation. And, you know, and so they'll say, yeah, I'm going to go get a drink. Can I get you one? And I always have to say no because I don't want them to come back. And if I say, yes, get me a drink, I just, I just ruined their whole gambit. Mm. You know, they were using that mm -hmm. so that they can go on and talk sure. to other people. So you got to say, no, no, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Then they get up and they go, and then it opens the seat for somebody else. So I do that for a while. If I'm lucky, somebody will come over to me and say, can I make you up a plate? You know, because I don't want to miss out on a little food. Sure. And, but usually women love to do that. I, and that's one of the, th I love women. And that's one of the things that I think is adorable when a woman says, can I make you a plate? You know, isn't that, I mean, when you go in the pantheon of things that a woman could, isn't that, doesn't that make you yeah, feel it's good? It's a nice little plate. Yeah. Don't you yeah, love that? caretaker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just there's some, and I, they love doing it. it. It does go back to, I think, a very primal uh, instinct of wanting to, to nurture, take care of. And there's something about, you know, somebody thinking about you. That's not so much that they're serving you. It's that they thought about you and they're about to make your life a little bit easier. And so, yeah, I love that. Somebody says, that, can I make you a plate? Oh, God, that's the music to my ears. <laughs> so I sit there the whole time. And then I always ghost. I get up at some point and I, I, I say goodbye to nobody and I leave. And uh, because I was there before them, they have no idea if I was there a long time. Mm -hmm. they, they have no idea. And that's my technique. That's it. No, Does that, that sound like a fun guy? I, no, but I mean, it's, it's a strategy to put yourself and enjoy it the best way you can. So it works. Thank you. So that I means that's, that's just See? logical. Once you figured out the, the road to happiness. Listen, you know, you, you, you know, you putting, what's the alternative? The alternative is I, I never go out. Right. And, and you with dread it and then you feel awkward right. and oh. then all eyes are on you, even though they probably aren't, but then you're conscious yeah. of it. Yeah. I mean, it although goes I am a person, I'm one of those people that like, um, I get way more excited when plans get canceled than when plans get made. <laughs> you know, like what is what does that say? I don't know. That I think I may want to. That might be the subject of my next therapy session. But it, it, it is true. I mean, I don't. Any? Are you no, social? I know, I know, you? No, I know exactly what you're talking. About. The thing now is, I have a, I have a six year old and I have a two year old, and so the enjoyment of what I experienced in my I guess teens, but really twenties and thirties of going out and being able to stay out, and we did until four or five in the morning. 
you can't do that because the children are your reins. Yeah. So my experience of what I associated with being social was getting super intoxicated and then sleeping until 11 and then just like relaxing the whole day with still the same lady I'm with yeah. now, you know, for 16 years. But when you have a two-year-old and a six-year-old, you have an artificial, or I guess it's official, way of going, I can't do that because if I do, I'm going to be dead tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. No, that the, the, the kids are a shapeshifter of your entire yes. life and existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? They probably saved your life. It sounds like 100%, you were, sounds like you were on, oh on the brink God, of death. Oh, my God, a terrible of, sleep uh, issue. It, 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 like, it, it killed my... Uh, no, I mean, yeah, no. It, it, it did. It, I mean, for four or five years to have that, when you're getting going up, yeah. getting up and doing this at five in the morning but going to bed at five in the morning for two days a week oh that's not a way to live but you know what but i think that's 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 why life has to happen in phases you know because i think you'd be very bored if it was just the exact same thing all the way through it got to a point at the end of my 30s early 40s i'm like i got to do it it was great i loved it i'm very grateful that i got to do it and i didn't have kids when i was young and i'm like man i want to be out there so I'm enjoying this now. Well, it I mean, keeps me from wanting it. to get like super. Yeah, well, think, think about when you read a book, and and I understand maybe it's been a while. I don't know if you're a big reader, oh, but yeah. when we were in school, we right, you'd read a book. It's a form of relaxation. And and, and but it was always broken into chapters. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine for a moment if books didn't have chapters? If it was just yeah, one continuous thing, mm-hmm. beginning to end? I don't think people would would read the same way. I think it would it would feel like a slog. But, yeah. Well, but, because but, I, the ending the chapter is consciously a sense of accomplishment. It, it is. And, and it, also tr- it also sends the signal to you that we're about to take a turn now. We're going to mm. now look at this from another angle or a different scene, a different part of it, and it keeps your interest. You want to see, okay, well, what's this next thing going to be? What's this next turn going to be? And I, that life is the same way. If, if it didn't, If it wasn't broken into chapters the way we have it, uh, I think it would be incredibly boring. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's any part of your existence, as good as it may have been at the time, that you would have wanted to do for 90 years. I w- I, you know, I, would you have wanted to be in high school for 90 years? No, it's all that freaking homework. <laughs> you know, no. Getting cut from and sports every fun, year? Right. You know, college, you know, it was fun times. I would not have wanted to do that for 90 years. If it weren't for the classes. Well, yeah, it would have been better. If you could eliminate the classes, I, I eliminated that. a lot of the classes. <laughs> Did you? Uh, yeah, I was not a great, uh, I, I always was one that thought, you know, I'll borrow somebody's outline at the end of the semester, I'll do okay on the final. I didn't, I, I wish I had, I wish I had taken it more seriously, yeah. actually, back then. Where'd you go to undergrad in law school? I have no idea. I, I Washington University oh, Law God School. Bless. Yeah, yeah, I was, I, you know, like, I, I, I w- was, you know, I, I just like I could uh, sort of acknowledge that there are certain things that I wasn't born with, uh, you know, uh, there were certain things I was born with that were positive, and one of those is I, I was always a good test taker. I had some na- natural, innate, you know, aptitude or whatever. So that created a lot of opportunities for me. Did that, that correlate with good grades as well, uh, or was it a test taker? Let's you say peak? this: it was it correlated with good grades divided by the amount of effort put in <laughs> equaled mm-hmm. like my grade quotient grades d- divided by work was was amazingly good. Um, I got by, but that's uh, listen. You know what? It's not the worst thing in the world. Even now, I have I have one child, my son, who's an amazing student, so disciplined. He, you never, we never had to remind him. You have homework, ask him. Did you bring the book home? It was always done, it, totally on his own. My daughter, the exact opposite. She's the one that, you know, you say, did you you got math homework tonight? She says, no, I don't have any math homework. I looked it up online. It says you do have math homework. She says. 
I didn't bring the book home with me. She, whatever book she needed is the one she didn't bring home. Whatever assignment she was supposed to do is the one she didn't know existed. She is just uh, an atrocious um, student. But that's the thing is, is you, you, you get what you get, right? Mm-hmm. So, and they all come with something positive and negative. So I tell my daughter, I'm like, listen, on the, on the downside, um, you don't have great executive skills right now. On the plus side, you'll be less stressed at a deadline than my son will be. Because he's very used to working yeah. very regimented. And, you know, sometimes when you're that regimented, responding to those curveballs is more challenging. But when you're just playing it fast and loose like my daughter does, she'll never have the grades he has. But later on in life, knowing that you can pull that all-nighter, that you can cram that thing right, down, right, that you right, can right. pump out that work fast, like at some point in your work life, that's going to be a very, very valuable skill. This is me being positive about her her terrible skill set. What, 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 how old are your children? Uh, my son's 21. He'll be 22 in May. So he's a junior at University of Minnesota. And um, my daughter is 14 and a half. So she'll be, she's a freshman at Ursuline. Okay. So, uh, you know, eh, you know, she's, 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 she's wonderful socially. I mean, she really, I mean, she's a great person, great, probably the single best human being I've ever met in my life. I mean, I mean that sincerely. I know she's my daughter and all that. And I'm, a lot of fathers might say that, but like as a person, she's so emotionally advanced, so so kind and empathetic. Uh, so yeah, I say that just in case you're listening. I know you're not because <laughs> you're you're in school right now. We're we're big at the uh, all girls schools <laughs> in the high school classes. Mm-hmm. I, I, did you notice a difference in them uh, when they were super young? Because that's what I see now. I mean, I see like the six year old is one way, and the two year old is a totally different way. And I'm curious if you observed that. Oh, you, you will find, and just as you do probably in yourself. That certain core elements are there right from the beginning, yes. and they're they're all the way through. And you look back and you're like, should it, should it, no, yeah. right then, right, right then. then and there. That's what I'm saying. Well, man. you know, I mean, uh, well, you know, early on, I mean, my son's an Eagle Scout, and uh, for those who know, he's got six palms on top of the eagle, uh, and that was at a time where they limited how many you could have time wise. That's not going to mean anything to you guys if you're not in Scouts, but for the ten listeners that were in Scouts, it might mean something. So that's like. His diligence always, it's carried over into his adult life. Uh, My daughter, you know, she was, where her talent was, she was the kid, she'd be on a playground with strangers. And within five minutes, she'd have all of those kids playing a unified game together. And she would include everybody. And that's what, where you saw those kind instincts. She'd see a shy kid who wasn't being included. And, you know, she'd go over and bring them in. You know, some people are nice and will join them, you know, join them at the, the lunch table, you know, because they're sitting by themselves. Right. She goes the extra step and brings them into the group, makes them part of the larger experience, doesn't just spend a few minutes with them to let them think they have right. you know, something. It's it's legitimate. What a great trait. It is, it is a wonderful mm-hmm. trait. And that's why, that's the downside with school. I think it forces parents to put too much emphasis and priority on those skill sets and completely ignore the, the other life skill sets that are being developed and the personality that's being developed in those first 20 years. And we get, we get caught up in thinking that success is what? About what she scores in math? I don't give an F what she scores mm-hmm. in math. I mean, to be honest, I'm looking at her. She ain't going to be a mathematician. What, <laughs> what does she need it for? I mean, we all have calculators. And, I, and it's, so, I, like, that to me can't be the measure of whether I'm raising a successful person in this world. What do we? What is? What do we mean by successful? 
I mean, are we just talking financial success? Is that is that the whole measure? Oh, I, I couldn't agree more with you on this. You know, couldn't agree more I, with you I, on I, this. I want to raise a person who who finds them their sense of self as early as possible, and then is able to live a life that is that is uh, led by their desires and their hearts, where they're in the driver's seat of their own life and not responding to the world around them. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that is success. Mm-hmm. She's further along that path than I'm guessing most of these other kids are. Mm-hmm. So, you now maybe I'm just And was she just born with that? Or is that, uh, is that, is there some kind of lesson along the way to get her there? You know, I like to think that it was the influence of, of uh, you know, good influences around her, uh, progressive influences. And also I think, you know, because my son's a little different and there's a seven year age difference, right. I, I think it really helped develop her sort of empathy skills. You know, she, she knew what it was like living in a house with somebody that was a, a little bit quirky, a little bit you know, a little bit of an outsider, uh, like my son is. Mm. And I think it made her more attuned to that. And I also think just like, you know, this is always, you know, I've evolved this attitude, but I'm the kind of person, as you can see that, like, I spend a lot of time thinking about the bigger picture and life and why are we here? I was a philosophy major undergraduate. Yes. I went to university of Buffalo. Um, so, uh, I spent a lot of time doing this and that's really what drew me to the law. I like living in the gray. I I don't, Mm. I'm not a person who sees the world very black and white. I, I want to understand all of the perspectives as much as possible. I can get lost in it. It doesn't come, it comes at a little bit of a price. People say I'm not good at setting boundaries. And um, sometimes I, I don't make a, a clean decision as quickly as people would like me to because I'm considering too many things. Um, that said, I, I think that, you know, I've had a lot of that influence on her. Um, just because I'm, I, I'm like this. I'm always kind of talking my mm-hmm. thoughts out loud, and uh, I, you know, I try to get people around me to to take a moment to slow down and just think a little deeper, get under the surface a little bit more. I think it's, I don't know, it's just interesting to me. I agree. That's why, you. like, take your listeners. Has anybody put in any other? Oh God, uh, yeah. Topics. Yeah, that, yeah I, could just, I could just, I could read a million of them. Well, if, let's uh, just see. Yeah, I mean, let's see uh, if there's any other topics that people, you know. All right, here I'll just read them in order so there's no discrimination. Doug, this is opening right. up Pandora's box. Well, who knows? Uh, let's the, let's uh, open that. Uh, box. Let's see what we got here. Let's I, go I need more Ed party tips. That couch move is next level. <laughs> That's from JB in Kansas City. Uh, the collective wisdom I receive from the sponsors in a very limited amount of time each week far surpasses the ear pain I receive through one particular member. See, that's the oh, problem. that's not. You don't <laughs> know what you're talking about. That's what I, what I, that's, that's, that's from Waffle Fries. Says, I have got to go to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. You got the tiniest okay. bladder. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Ed for well, mayor. He better be careful, though, if he kept shedding pounds from that lithe exterior, he's going to have a target on his backside from the militant TMA audience. Oh. That's from Little Tommy Tribbins. God. Uh, let's see, this guy, Ed, MVP, he is just hammering life advice oh. after life advice. Wait, wait, I love wait, it. This wait, is go, great. Go back to the militant. What, what did sure. he say? I'm too soft? Uh, it, I sound There's liberal. a running, I don't know how long you've been listening to the show you're now the title sponsor of, but there yeah. is an undercurrent of our audience who's attracted to uh, Doug Vaughn. How could they not be it? Oh, okay. Well, no, I agree completely. Air transplant and all. And, yeah, and that's about that. that. How great is that? Oh, okay. Well, listen, <laughs> That's, you know what? You look fabulous. Why own it? There's no reason not yeah, to. Yeah, it's hard not to. It's, hard it's to just deny. tough when there's like 20 and 30-something-year-old mm-hmm. fathers and married fathers approaching mm-hmm. him to try to date him. That's the part that he right. hasn't really you come know to what, terms with you. No. You know what? I, I, I've... I went through some of that when, when, when I was doing my show and it, it had gotten popular for a, a while. 
And uh, I've learned to just enjoy all of that uh, and recognize that, like, not everything is sexual. Sometimes it's just energy and magnetism. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's it's energy and magnetism. So, these guys don't want to sleep yeah, with you? This, no, well, no, you. these guys definitely want to sleep with them. <laughs> Did you see his hair? Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Oh, with his hair. But, but my point is, is that you, know, you don't have to feel uncomfortable about that. I think you can soak that in and enjoy it for the compliment it is. Uh, something about you is, is giving them... Um, a hard on. No, no. But it's an emotional. It. It's an emotional. It's a psychological. It's a spiritual hard on. Oh, okay. You're speaking spiritual to their soul. Hard on. You're oh. connecting. Jackson, make a T-shirt. You're connecting with their soul. Um, but no, that I think it's. I think listen, it's a great thing. I don't. I sorry. I'm. I, I'm. Not, I'm not homophobic by that. You know, I know who I am. But if if people are interested and they find me uh, interesting or attractive, I, I'll take. I'll take a compliment from anybody. I'm, I, I Hitler. If he'd had something nice to say about me, I would have said, "Really? Maybe he's not as bad as everybody says he is." That's how that's how easy it is to win me over. People are looking for life advice from you now that they're they're seeing your wisdom here. How about this one? This is totally a non sequitur, but maybe you'll have an answer for this gentleman. This guy texts in fairly regularly. His name is Danny Tanner. Doug, and oh, he yeah. says, "Ed, should I consider taking a thirty percent pay cut and moving back to St. Louis if it will make my family happier?" My instinct is yes. But would love to know your thoughts. Are you doing life advice? Now? Yeah, absolutely. And right, you know, I think that's that is a, a phenomenal question because I promise you, right now, there are a lot of listeners that are confronting something something similar to that. Mm-hmm. I did that exact thing. It, it, is that right? Really? Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah, much. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and and Doug, when you did, you know, it, you you were choosing a quality of life over the illusion of a more successful life because a little bit more money allowed you to what buy a few more things or have a few more things but clearly you weren't happy right 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 i wasn't happy with the city that i was living in doug was in miami in yeah. the mid 80s right now which oh my god that's miami vice time you were, <laughs> right. were, you, were you wearing right. the with the salmon shirt and the white uh, jacket who, who says i wore a shirt at all oh, oh my see, god that's why we have the hard on i was gonna <laughs> say listen you can't talk like that and then blame your listeners for falling prey i mean you're putting it out there real strong mm-hmm. but no i i think i honestly i gotta tell you the way i can tell what you should do is what I what I read is the energy of how he wrote that. He wrote that he already knows the answer. Of course, he wants to come back to St. Louis. He wants to be near his family. And who gives a crap about the money? A thirty percent pay cut. I don't know what city he's in now, but there's a pretty right. good likelihood that that pay cut isn't going to really affect his quality of life anyway. It's pretty cheap to live here compared to a lot of these other cities. So. Uh, yes, it's, it's clear when he writes that he's already knows in his heart what he wants to do. So come on back to St. Louis, be with your family, and who cares about the money? Care about your happiness. Mm-hmm. How about this one? Would Ed encourage a 22-year-old to go to law school right now? Absolutely. Uh, here's the beauty of going to law school. Number one, it is not difficult uh, to actually do well in law school. A lot of people think, you know, and I'll just be honest, in, in terms of doctorate degrees, because it is a doctorate, it's a Juris doctorate, in terms of doctorate degrees, I think it's the easiest doctorate degree to get. It's the only one that doesn't require either, like, a medical residency or a dissertation where you have to write, like, some long, drawn-out book. Um, it is enjoyable. Law school is enjoyable. It's v- if you like to get into the gray, you like to yeah. think. But here's why you can't hurt yourself going to law school. It's the only graduate degree. I can't say it's the only graduate degree. I guess you can get an MBA. But it opens more opportunities than it closes. If you go into medicine, 
you're basically making a decision. You're, you're going into medicine. Right. You're going to practice medicine. There are plenty of people who have a law degree that never practice law. It will always be good on the resume no matter what you decide to go into. It's instant credibility. You apply for a job, not as a lawyer, but you're going to go into maybe you want to be a chief operating officer of a business or you want to be their head of marketing, whatever it is. They see that law degree on your resume and you're accomplished. How many times do people talk about the fact that Tony La Russa was That's a lawyer? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, back when we chose our, 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 our presidents on, you know, education and experience and policymaking, uh, almost, you know, at least half of them were lawyers. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so yeah, if you're think if you're thinking about going to law school, uh, apply, go and, and, you know, listen, if you go for the first semester and you can tell that it, this is just not for you, cut your losses and do something else, but then you'll never have to worry, wonder. What about journalism school? Would you suggest that? Well, that's what my son is in. He's really? in the Hubbard right. School of Journalism, which I don't know if it's the same Hubbard that owns the, these oh, stations. Is that right? Oh, yeah, in Minnesota, I'm guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the company's mm -hmm. headquarters yeah. in Minneapolis. So he is, he is a, uh. A proud student in that program, but that's his What's area. What's he looking to do with it? He, you know, uh, sports journalism, but what, you know, that's evolving into content creation, which can be either video or written, or even just working for either a professional sports organization or a college sports program. There's a lot of content that needs to be written. There's a lot of analysis that needs to be done. And, you know, the way I am when it comes to baseball, he has that level with Every single sport. Really? Every sport. Yeah, he has. He's on the spectrum. His his he's encyclopedic in his his memory, his his knowledge, and it's what he's really dedicated his life to. Strangely enough, I I would go so far as to say, I do not believe that you will ever find somebody who's a greater expert in the history of the world of professional wrestling, of all of the sports, <laughs> and, and and I consider it a sport, even though uh, there are um, uh, staged outcomes, but it's very athletic. It's certainly entertaining. And uh, he got, he got, you know, that was one of those things he latched onto when he was young. And, I mean, he, he is, it's insane. It's as if he has seen and, and has memorized every significant match that's ever happened in history <laughs> and the backstory, the angles. Uh, so he has that, and that's another thing that kind of drew him to Minnesota. Minnesota is like the birthplace of professional wrestling. With Vern it's, Gagne. It's Vern Gagne. It's, mm. Rick, it's Ric Flair. Yeah. It's uh, Brock Lesnar. Jesse you know, the Body Ventura was, if Jesse was the Body Ventura was Minnesota. the governor. Yeah. Once he heard that, you know how odd is that? And I know it's an observation that's been many times made many times, but I just think it's the craziest thing that if you watch the movie Predator, that you're watching two future governors <laughs> with their shirts off, <laughs> kicking the ass of an alien. Never thought of, never thought of it that it's way. It's crazy. I'm yeah. like, there's it, Governor of California, Governor of Minnesota. They're right there, committing crime, fighting crime, and and I just wish that Carl Weathers, because he was in Predator. He should run for office. I mean, two oh, yeah. governors is impressive, but if we can get three out of, out of Predator, that movie will be legend, legendary for, for all for all time. Ed, congratulations. I believe, Plowhawk, this is a new record for our 7 o'clock hour oh, because great. it's 8.55. passed. Yeah, the new one. Yeah. And just for the safety of the program, we need to end the no. segment, even though I could probably go for another five or six hours. We should Let's... call the segment Ed Herman's Couch, and we should present our insurance cards to see if this wisdom is covered by our insurance plans. Okay. Oh, there you go. I, you know, I would, I would like feedback if anybody follows any of these pearls and you have something to 
report, either I've ruined your life, which, you know, <laughs> sorry, uh, or, or, or maybe you made a decision that, uh, that was a breakthrough. I think we'd like to get some reporting. Uh, yeah, follow-ups are welcome. Uh, you can text in 314-881-TMA5, or uh, I always take the emails at tmckernan at insidestl.com. Uh, Ed, always a pleasure. Always enjoy the segment uh, and a new record here for the 7 yeah. o'clock hour as we break at 8.55. And if you're not following me on, on Facebook, I do have a fan page. It's Ed Herman, the godfather of law. And I don't put a ton of stuff on there, but if I do put something on there, it's usually pretty good. No, oh, all right. So, or if you need to message me, if you if if you if you need yeah, advice yeah, and you counsel, s- you're giving out counsel. If you send me messages through that page, the Godfather of Law on Facebook, I may I I may respond directly to it because I don't mind doing that. Or I may have a whole bunch of cool topics the next time. Well, I'm God in. bless America. I'll there just start go. accumulating yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you got it. Oh yeah, and we're a law firm. Yeah. I don't like you know I don't come on here to plug our services. I think I assume everyone in St. Louis and Kansas City. I assume they all know who we are, and I assume the big they all sign know, right behind the yeah, and I assume they all know what we do, mm-hmm. and I would hope that they would know that we're quite good at it. So I, I don't use the time to do that. Yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that's certainly the, uh, the case. Well, Ed, we always enjoy the conversation. Okay. Thank you so much. That's Ed Herman. We'll close out the 7 o'clock hour to new record, Doug, 8.56. That's as we good. close out the Munganess St. Louis Acura, Munganess Burkhardt, Alton Toyota, 7 o'clock hour here on the morning after, presented by Brown and Crouppen.